Welcome to Broad Ideas. I just wanted to say that as proper as possible. Cool. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Nadine Crocker is on today. Woo woo. <laughs> Uh, Nadine is a phenomenal filmmaker, writer, director, actor, producer, everything. She is a longtime love of Olivia's. Yeah. A newer love of mine. I've gained such a special light in my life. Tell us about that special light. You will see and hear for yourself because we're welcoming Nadine. Sometimes when the Talk about dogs and kids and things. We'll talk about chicks and tampon strings. We'll talk about boys that make you cry. We'll talk about death because people die. Okay. All right. We're going to say hi. Hi. <laughs> We're so happy. I'm going to let you introduce Nadine. Yeah. Crocker. The fabulous, amazing, <laughs> gifted, beautiful creature of love that you are. We're really happy to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's weird. I know. It's like surreal. <laughs> it is surreal. Well, we've been talking about for so long wanting to sit down and talk with you. I mean, for so many reasons. And obviously, on a personal level, we are friends and all of those things. But just. I don't know. There just feels like there's like so much love here and the inspiration that I know I feel from you and the work you do and the human you are and everything. And it's just like coming together finally and being able to talk to you. It just feels, feels like a blessing. Just gonna, just gonna say it. Thank you for saying that. I feel the same way. I just like, I feel like I'm a fangirl. I listen to all of your guys' <laughs> episodes, just like smiling the entire time and Aww. couldn't wait to come and talk to you guys. So thanks for having me. Yeah. And you and Olivia have known each other for a long time. How long has it been now? Like 10, probably 10 years or, or more. more. Yeah. Or more maybe. How old is Elliot? Elliot He's is going to be eight. eight. Yeah, so probably like 10. I think like 10. Because it yeah. was before I was even met Jeff or anything. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Before yeah. Jeff. We got introduced through our friend Bubba. He came to me one day and he was like, there's this girl, Nadine. She's you. He's like, <laughs> you need to meet her. He's like, she's like a mini you. And like, <laughs> all I can say is you guys need to be in each other's lives. Aww. And that's exactly what happened. Right? Yeah. It was like love at first sight. It was. <laughs> but it was also, I mean, for me, you were like a godsend. You know, I was getting sober and um, that person who introduced us was my Eskimo, I guess you call it there, who helps you get sober and, you know, um, introduced me to Olivia. I think it was like my first like healthy relationship with a woman who like who I saw could you could be sober and kind and spiritual and all of these things um, and find like meaningful relationships. I hadn't had a lot of women in my life at that time. And what's funny is like, then you've, you've gone out of my life at different, like, you know, moving and different stuff. And every yeah. time it comes, you come back, it's like, 
no time ever passed at all. And like, those are the friendships, you know, like you never forget. It's like the ones where it doesn't matter how much time time passes, like, you know, each other's soul, you know? And it's like, those are the the relationships that give you so much life, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I do hard to find. I do think it's interesting how you came back in my life and it ties into the podcast. It does. Because Teresa Palmer and Sarah Olson came on the podcast and they were talking to us about manifestation. And you know, I'm obsessed with- That's our shit. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, our shit. And they were saying, dream big, like make it something big. And I sat with that for a moment and I'm like- And Teresa was like, I wanted to do a movie with Brad Pitt. And then I got a script and it was like Brad Pitt and she got this. And we were just like, holy fuck, you can dream as big as Brad Pitt. We're going to dream big. Right? And then she showed us her phone. Like she had her little visualizations on her phone and everything. And we were just like, wait a minute. What are we doing? Like, what is the big thing we think is unattainable or that's too big to dream of? And then Sarah followed it up with, and when you get a gut gut instinct to act on it immediately, Mm -hmm. not to wait, not to let it pass, but that that's the muse whispering to you. And when the muse whispers, if you don't act on it, it'll go ahead and whisper to someone else. else, I hadn't seen or talked to you in like eight years, seven years, something, seven years. I hope it's not that. Oh yeah. You you haven't met my son. I was pregnant the last time I saw you. And then I was driving one morning at six in the morning and I thought, and Rachel and I have talked so much about like writing things and creating projects and doing things. And I just got this gut instinct, reach out to Nadine. Mm-hmm. And I wrote you at like six in the morning and was like, hey, this may be weird. Yeah, <laughs> but my favorite part is that you said that you pulled the car over to I do it, which is like- You pulled the car I over? I pulled the car yeah, over. On the way to drive Shepard to school, I pulled the car over and was like, this might sound weird. I'm texting you at like six in the morning, but I'm trying to do this thing where I follow my gut and I want to connect with you. I want to pick your brain about writing. And so you responded instantly and you were like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> we met like the next day or something and talked for like- I literally was like, I think I'm not free tomorrow, but I'm free the day after. <laughs> Let's sit down. And it was like that that love that doesn't go- anywhere it's it's soul connection yeah (laughs) it really but I also am like a big like and this is another thing too is like I'm a big person and she knows this on like pay it forward or things like that so like regardless of how much I love her it was also the fact that someone was like I'm following my gut and I'm like yes I want to tell someone to do that and also Mm -hmm. I want to pick your brain because I have these dreams I'm like yes I want to tell someone to do that (laughs) it also helps that it's Olivia and I'm like and I'm also fucking obsessed with her so yes (laughs) all around tomorrow or the next day we're sitting down right right yeah yeah and it 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 changed the course of all three of our lives you know and We sat down, obviously, you know, we're working on things together and Rachel's an executive producer of one of your films that's coming out that is absolutely, Uh, I'll let her take over. Well, yeah. I mean, I know you can't say much about Continue because you're acting in it, but we can. 
And what Which I was kind of silly because I also produced it, put my life savings, ended up homeless for it. I yeah. wrote it. It's my true life story. So like I should be able to right. scream from the mountaintops about that, but that's for you another will. day. You yeah. will. You will. You'll Absolutely. come back and scream about it. Absolutely. Yeah. But like yeah, yeah. when mm-hmm. I watched that, I was so overcome by like, I was so blown away by everything you did. I mean, every little detail acting, direct, the re- like, I was so blown away and inspired. Cause like I said before, like the inspiration that just exudes because of you and, and, and it's unreal. And it's, but not only that, it's so amazing to see a woman do that and do it that fucking like amazingly well. You see my eyes starting to water. No. <laughs> She's talking. Let's go. Let's cry. Come on, cry. It's so beautiful. And I'm like, if we have this like example, like fuck yes. And that's just like the energy that comes with it is just like fuck yes. And I was just like, okay, anything, <laughs> anytime, anywhere, this fucking woman and everything she has done and does and will do, I just want to be in your presence like, oh my God. Be, like in the energy of it like whatever it is and it's just and that's so genuine very and very she and she never I was that like way. she wouldn't say that like <laughs> I, I know Rachel well enough to know she wouldn't say no, it if she didn't mean no. it oh my God. which means that's no, why it also like, means yeah. so much you know because I love both of you guys so much and like you know there's always nerves when I share that film in particular because it's based on my life. And it's, and it really is a glimpse into the messiness that, you know, lives inside of me in my twenties and mistakes and regrets and, um, and pain and trauma and, you know, all of the things. And it's the things like we're normally taught to like, not show (laughs) and like, let's not talk about. Right. So when I first went on that journey of like being like, okay, I'm going to like, let the cat out of the bag that like, these are struggles I have. And this is like what, I've been through and, you know, and to see it be accepted and like to hear you say those things, you know, means a lot because, because pretty much everyone told me that no one would like the movie, (laughs) that no one wanted to talk about mental health, that, you know, it's a taboo subject that people wouldn't like my ending, like, which, you know, I can't say much about until the movie comes out, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, I had to fight really hard. Um, and I do feel like since the pandemic and like, since people, I just feel like people are more open about depression and suicide, suicidal ideation and just like struggles and, um, you know, but I just, I'm really proud. Like, you know, sometimes where, you you know, those moments where you're like, God, who was that girl? She was really brave. Like, I don't feel like that girl. Like, you know, it's like that. I think that all the time, like when I talk about like dropping out of high school and moving here when I was 16. I'm like, God, that girl was fearless. I'm like, you know, so was the girl who put her entire life savings. And then like, (laughs) you know, like you forget that that girl's in there, you know? Right. Because then when you're doing it, I mean, we talk about this a lot when you're doing it, like it's terrifying. You don't Mm. feel like brave. You feel like courageous, you know, like we always talk about courage is more important than confidence or, or all of those other things, you know, and it's just kind of having the courage and putting one foot in front of the other. Right. And to hear like you resonated with it and, you know, you've resonated with it and other people who have seen it. And, you know, my whole mission was to save lives from suicide. And every time I hear someone say that they think that I might 
be able to do that. You know, it just feels like, you know, I get emotional just thinking about it. Yeah. It just, it's always been the mission. So. Right. But yeah. I mean, so I hope so. That's why we <laughs> leaped into it to get behind because that's why we're doing this podcast is like, it's for people to feel a little bit less alone mm-hmm. and yes. to take some of the things that may be kept inside and bring them to the light and be like, look, it yeah. doesn't matter where you're at in your career. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. Like these things are being felt all over the place right. and depression's real, anxiety's real. All mental health issues need to be addressed and they need to be talked about. And you have one of the most courageous, generous spirits I've ever come across. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> I point to her because yeah. she's like, yeah. yep. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And it's also, you know, speaking to what you're saying is like the safe space that we want to create. And it's like what you've created with your film to be able to be so open and and show all right? Like it's really like the most vulnerable to show yourself in that way or, you know, and, and, but to make it not taboo or not, um, just people, there's so many people out there that can resonate with it. And, and, and I I kind of like find myself saying like, it's not easy and people sometimes, but like, it should be. Right. It should be. Let's make it. Let's make it easy because that's exactly what people need, I think, when you're struggling or mm-hmm. going through That's things. exactly why I did. I made the movie the way I did. And just like everything about it is because when you're in it, there's nothing more isolating. You feel completely alone. Like something's wrong with you. Like I constantly, I think I still feel that feeling of like thinking I'm a freak or a burden. Like the burden messaging in my mind comes in real heavy all the time. You know, you like when you're having a bad day. From? I, <laughs> I'm all shit. Will my parents be listening to this? I think it's ingrained <laughs> right. from our childhood. Right. I do. Right. And I think if we're told our emotions are too much, like, mm. God, she's so dramatic. God, she, oh, that's lady. And she is our little actress. And that's what it's like. I just think it gets ingrained in us that, mm. like, you know, and that crazy thing. And like, you know, I was listening, I listened to all your guys' episodes and I love your podcast. And, you know, Christina Ricci and you guys had a great conversation about like the crazy thing and like, Mm -hmm. you know, just like how frivolously that's thrown around and different things. And so it becomes such a feared like thing of looking that way or being that way, or for me, like difficult, you know, female directors, like if you are outspoken or very like, determined, specific. I mean, Mm -hmm. all of the things that I am, I have OCD. Like what makes me, my husband and I actually talk about this a lot is like, what makes me such a good creator is what makes living everyday life and my body hard. Mm -hmm. Like I obsess, I get consumed. I channel, like, I believe I'm channeling with God when I write, but like at the same time, being with a person who channels and gets involved and writes a script, my latest script, four days, 27 pages a day. Holy shit. That tells you it's bananas, but it also tells you what kind of like disappearance, like, bye, love you. Like, like, you know, almost like I I kind of sometimes call it like a form of mania. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are flavors of that, but sure. So, you know, it's, you know, going back to to all of that, I do think that we're told 
at a young age that those things like, you know, maybe they're what make us creative a really great, you know, I'm a very different being than my sister is. My sister's very intellectual, straight A's, like mm-hmm. all of those things. I was not, but I could do creative and all of these different things. But it's like, maybe that wasn't valued as much, or maybe that was looked at as dramatic, or maybe as a lot. I don't know, you know, yeah. but either way, it gets ingrained in us, that burden mentality, or if I'm having an emotional day, I feel like I have to isolate and like kick rocks so that you don't put it on other, you know, it's like. Do you find yourself still doing that like now? Yeah, I think I'll probably always kind of have flavors of that, except for I have now like friends like you guys who like, <laughs> like you wouldn't let me, you know, you'd be like, no, <laughs> let's talk about it. Right. A husband who's like, you know, so supportive, but also so attuned to like my emotions. Mm. It's very, it's hard. I've, I guess I've never been with someone who actually like paid attention to my emotion. <laughs> yeah. So Literally. I can't really hide it in the same way. You know, like I just went home. Um, it's always like that fine line of like, what do you, are you, are you going to tell this story? But okay, yeah. I think I'm going to, but I went home for my parents, my dad's 70th birthday this weekend and returning home for me is not what it is for most people. And like, my husband's like, how are you? And I'm like, good. You know, and he's like, yeah, I think you've said maybe like four words an entire weekend. So how are you? Mm-hmm. Like, you disappear inside, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just because like, when I don't know how to process or I don't know how to, it's like, I'm, I'm go up here and then I'm there and Right. And I stay there, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think it's definitely still a form of it. We have like our ways of mm-hmm. coping of that we're course. used to. Mine is to go inward. Right. But and you have a partner, though, that like you said is so it's too, too, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean. So where you're like, oh, shit. Uh, okay. I guess let's yeah. talk about it. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm feeling this, you yeah, know? And then it forces you like, oh. Oh, yeah. You want yeah. it now? Yeah, I know. Do we yeah, really yeah, have to yeah. talk about this? Yeah. I mean, it's the same shit I feel every time I go home. But, you know, it's <laughs> like same shit, different day. You kind of feel like a broken record at times. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the same time, it's nice to talk about it, you know? Yeah. I think once you finally can or do, it releases something, you know? And I mean, I go through that stuff all the time, even when it's like something really small. Like, am I inconveniencing yeah. someone? Yeah. Like, Oh, I don't want to text you because I am I bothering you? I'm constantly or? convinced I'm bugging people. Right. Like, I won't even text you or, like, anything. Yeah. If I, and, and she's like, what do you mean you couldn't bug me? And I'm like, yeah, but, like, you know. Yeah, it's our own It's shit. 12 o'clock on a Tuesday. Like, right. I can't bother you. <laughs> right. You're I'll like, back but to why? You <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, it's right. never going to be like, you oh. know. Yeah. And it's so, always. And it's yeah. just, like, that inner dialogue you have with yourself. And it's, like, so... I don't know what the word is like if it's like insecure or or you know talking down to or whatever like this person doesn't want to hear from me or Oof, I'm doing yeah. you know and it's just like this insecurity and I think it does probably I mean it must stem from childhood and whatever yeah you know formulated that and I'm trying to think I'm like what was it for me <laughs> my brother like teased me all the time but like I don't know you know but yeah. I think that we really I think it's just the. I, I really do think it's just the mind protecting us from, from pain, it's from like rejection. Fear of rejection. Yeah. So like whenever you first felt the feeling of rejection as a kid, your coping mechanisms 
kicked in and we're like, we're going to make sure you don't feel this again. So anytime you get a glimmer of that, they come in to do their job. Well, you also think that like, you know, you're a good girl if you smile and you're this and oh, she's like, you know, so I think like whether you know it or not, it's ingrained that like, oh, people like me when I'm the happy and like outgoing and like the this and the that, which inevitably means that people don't like me when I'm Right. The other right. version. Like you're such a light. You're so inspiring. Yeah. You're so, right. so you kind of feel like I've got to be that. I well, be and that if I'm not that, then yeah. yeah. Like, oh my God, you know, and it's like, so I feel like I have to, you know, I'm an, I'm an empath and I'm, and I love people. And so then I feel like I, if I'm not giving that to each person if or I'm having a bad, t- you know, it's like, okay, well, I have to do that and I have to be that. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, God, why am I fucking depleted? You know? Right. And it's yeah. like, So getting older and like getting attuned to these things in ourselves means like we constantly have to like listen to ourselves and work on these things and talk when we maybe are feeling like shutting down or, you know, not go if we don't feel like goddamn going, you know, like I've started doing that for myself more. She's good at that. (laughs) Yeah, I want like that energy. She does not go. She's like, nope, not going. Not doing it. See, (laughs) I need that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Broad Ideas is supported by Talkspace. Do you think seeing a therapist or psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find one and meet with them? or afford them? Try Talkspace by doing everything online. Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. When you've met your therapy goals or simply want to cancel, Talkspace has a simple cancellation process and will work with you to get a prorated refund or unused time if applicable. It's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions with your licensed therapist from the comfort of your home. Who doesn't love that? Therapy can help you shift your perspective, find tools to cope in difficult times, and be a guiding light. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash ideas. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash ideas to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash ideas. Broad Ideas is supported by Blissey. Who knew that a better pillowcase is all you need for better sleep? Let's talk about staying cool throughout the night and waking up with hydrated skin and hair. Sleep better this summer with Blissey's award-winning 100% Mulberry Silk Pillowcases. Blissey's Silk Pillowcases are temperature-regulating and have naturally insulating properties, so if you sweat and overheat while you sleep, Blissey is for you. It stays cool throughout the night so that you're not constantly waking up sweating around your neck or flipping the pillow to find the cooler side. On top of that, it is also so good for hair because it reduces frizz, tangles, and prevents hair breakage. It keeps the moisture in your hair and keeps your skincare products and natural moisture on your skin because silk does not absorb the moisture off your face. You can say goodbye to wrinkles, dry, flaky, and red skin in the morning and wake up with healthier hair. Blissey Silk Pillowcases are the best silk pillowcases on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Men love them too. They have over 1.5 million raving fans and you could be next. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissy.com slash Rachel and get an additional 30% off. That's B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash Rachel and use code Rachel to get an additional 30% off. Sleep cooler this summer with Blissy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, for 
a long time. There's certain situations and you go through things. And I know I have gone through things that like shut me down where I wouldn't be able to talk about anything. And I would just go inside and not deal. But like, as I've gotten older and you have to train yourself to deal with it and like talk about it, but still stay home when you want to. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) well, it's also like, I mean, I know we're all mothers here. So it's also very different when you're realizing I, I want to show him like that it's okay to have days and it's okay to like Mm -hmm. be that way. And like, it's okay to have big feelings or, 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 you know, whatever it is and to talk about your feelings and, or, you know, just period, I want to be better. Like, and I come from a long life of trauma. Like I have been through some shit. I have packed in so much life in my 34 years on this planet. And most things you could like name, I've (laughs) probably been through. And like, the truth is, is I think that that was exactly my plan because it formed, you know, like as a soul, it formed who I am and it made me really, um, I can relate to a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different pain and different things. And, you know, and it made me a better filmmaker. I think it it makes me be able to relate. Yeah. I do look at my trauma as a gift now. Right. At the same time, I don't want to repeat it at all. No, no. No. (laughs) So like, that's where it comes back to the motherhood thing of like, okay, I've been through these things and I have these emotions and I have this stuff. And, and also how do I be the best version of myself? for my child and for my spouse and for myself, you know, and how do I keep growing? And, and it's just like a never ending fucking battle because the second you feel like you've like gotten through something like life brings shit up, you know, and it's just like constantly. Yeah. You're like, you know, like, why, why you? Yeah. I know. Well, Olivia is like literally my coach. So like, wait, she like, it's so many of the things like, something that you've really ingrained in me that I like constantly ask myself is like, how is this working for you? Even when in the moment it doesn't feel like it's working for you at fucking right. all. Yeah. And, and then I can be like, oh, it's working for you because you just learned this. And it's working mm-hmm. for you because it just reminded you that you still have the strength to do that. It's working for you because it made you have this really serious conversation with that person. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, so I'm mm-hmm. looking at things from a different way than what my family does, which is like as a family of victims, mm-hmm. like not everything is done to us. The world is an ugly place. People are ugly. None of the shit I want any part of. Like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, okay, what's my part mm-hmm. also? Mm-hmm. And know? that takes undoing. That takes rewiring on such a level. Like it's a constant 24 hour a day rewiring. But one of the questions I have, because Rachel and I, I watched, um, both of your films back to back and then sent them to Rachel. She watched them back to back. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say what I thought because I wanted to hear what she said, you know, and the most beautiful thing is we had the same exact reaction. We both said, this is what makes me want to do this like make films or have art and tell stories like your work woke up the same thing in both of us of like, this is why this matters because there's plenty of 
content out there, but to watch what you did with Desperation Road and every single shot. Unbelievable. Like (laughs) I, for me, you know, and I've been doing what I do for a long time and I'll be like, okay, it's a job and yeah, it's fun. And I do this, but then like watching your work, I was like, oh, like, no, I want to do that. Like that's, that's the thing, you know? And I'm like so blown away and it did it like woke something up in me because I'm, I totally can be very, I don't know what the word is, but just, you know, coasting along, so to speak. And it was just like the creative side of just seeing what you did. And so amazing. Like, I, I know I keep using the same words because it's like, but the directing, um, you know, obviously with continue and then desperation road right after and just watching being able to watch them together was so fucking cool. And every like shot, like in your shooting, the scene in Desperation, like there was many and like in the car, but you're from behind and like they're in the truck and they're having a conversation. And then on the porch with the, the, with Garrett Hedlund's character and and the old fiance and like just how everything shot. I was just like, Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like unreal, you know, and you had the actors you had, you know, like I said, Garrett Hedlund and Mel Gibson fucking you like directed Mel Gibson. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, holy shit, Nadine, like, hold on. I could not I could not like and the lead actress in it. She Willa what, Fitzgerald. Willa Fitzgerald. Yeah. I was just like, I'm just gonna talk about the movie for a second. Like. In the beginning of the movie, when she's at the motel with her daughter, okay, like I'm a mom and I'm watching this and she gets taken away and like the daughter is in the motel and all I can think is like, she's going to wake up and her mom's gone. She'll make me cry. I'm crying. Like I, when I saw that, I was like, I don't know if I can watch this. Like (laughs) I was so emotionally like, I think you text me. I don't know if I can watch (laughs) it. I was like, I don't think I can go on. Like that little girl's going to wake up and her mom's like, I was losing my mind and everything the character goes through and I'm not going to give anything away because everybody needs to fucking watch this. Yeah. Blown away just from the get-go and the fact that you fucking did that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it woke up in (laughs) us what's true in our soul as far as storytelling goes and what matters. And, you know, my question to you though is, do you believe, and this is where it gets tricky for me and I have a hard time with it because, um, you know, we've all, all three of us have been through a lot of life, right? And we've had a lot of pain and trauma. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I do think that that sometimes does go hand in hand with creativity, but how much of your creativity and your vision and your storytelling is attached to that. Do you ever feel like you have to keep that pain alive in order to tell these mm. stories? Or do you feel like what would happen when you heal? Are you able to still tap into that? It's hmm. a very, very profound question, actually. And one that I don't know that I've given like deep thoughts. Like I so there's this line and continue where I say, like, I used to think that I had to like stay in these deep, dark places to create my Mm -hmm. art, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I used to think like my depression and my pain and all of that is like what I needed to create from. Um, But I think that 
it's cellular, right? So those things we go through, like, you know, I don't know, I guess this is just coming to me in this moment. It's like the body keeps score, right? Like it's in there. Like we know that we can tap into it anytime we want, but we don't need to stay in hell in order to be able to like tell stories with that. I think, I think it'll always, those experiences that I've been through will always guide me a little bit through those, you know, like, because when I'm sitting there and I'm directing people, it's not really my pain or the trauma. It's more like the human condition and the humanity of it all. And like, you know, and it's the backstory and it's like, I'm not a method actor. So like, even with continue, I prepped it as if it was not mine. Like it, cause it isn't, it is a dramatized version. It's there's differences. Like my parents aren't dead. My grandfather's who took his life, not my father, but for the story, because of my dad and my relationship of talking about suicide and how it affected, I wanted to be able to like almost say his words, right? Mm -hmm. So like I prep it like it's not my own at all, you know? So, so, so it probably is guiding me somewhat because like that is in us, like, right? You're like your trauma will always somewhat guide what what you've been through. Exactly. (laughs) And like, it's just... But like this reason this comes up for me is you recently read my new script, Love Me to Oblivion, the oh, one I just wrote in four Rachel. days. I just got the chills. Just no, like, it's disgusting. <laughs> I was on the airplane, like crying embarrassingly oh, on the plane. I didn't want it to end. I texted Nadine. I was like, that felt like, like a pack of cigarettes and like bottles of wine. Like I just wanted to like So I put that line, by the way, on my lookbook. I wrote oh. <laughs> a bottle of wine and a pack of cigarettes to the senses. That's uh, what it yeah, is. Yeah, a, a, jer- wow. a ride that will leave you wrecked. And because like that's, Damn. but, and so th- from that, the only reason I bring that up, for instance, is like, I have totally healed from, I went yeah. through a situation of domestic abuse. And I was in a very abusive relationship. And so I wrote this story. It it came to me through a dream. And when I woke up from the dream, I realized it was a movie. And it was actually about my past. It was like four in the morning, woke up, had a, had a weird dream. Jeremy Allen White was in it. I had this dream. It was, it was me and him and it happened. And I was like, oh, that's a movie. Oh, oh, it's about my past. Okay. Sat down that day at four, outlined it in an hour and a half, started writing four days later, had a finished script. Wow. And so again, I say that because it's like, I'm healed from that domestic, but it was sure easy to tap into and completely go back to those moments. But the thing is, is it didn't feel like I was reliving them at all. Like Mm, it didn't make me feel, yeah, I didn't feel re-hurt or damaged. Mm -hmm. It was actually almost like eye-opening because through writing, I realized like, so their names are Blue and Natalie. I realized I am Blue and I am Natalie. Mm -hmm. And they're both based on me. They're not based on the person who abused me because the person who abused me is unredeemable. (laughs) I needed the guy to be likable, right? right? For this to be a movie you want to go on the journey whatsoever. It's basically about how like love can be toxic, but it doesn't make the people bad. That's right. right? And it's so... Well, some people, well, no, 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 no. no, There is toxic love where that person should just be beat up. No, you find yourself rooting for him. But that's, do you know what I mean? That speaks to the fucking writing. Like, that's good writing. Like, if you can, because it's flawed individuals and we're all flawed individuals. How do you think you healed it? Like, what steps or what kind of led to that? Time. Yeah. 
time does heal a lot of wounds. Sure. Um, I, th- I mean, massive amounts of therapy, yeah. coaching, sobriety, 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 sobriety. I'm eight years sober on October 4th. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, and um, so truthfully, most of my memories that were continue or love me to oblivion were while I was drinking, you know, so that eliminated a lot of mm-hmm the uncontrollable emotions Mm -hmm. instantly because now like I used to call myself a chemist how many drinks till I'm just the fun girl that they all want to hang out with because I am a blast most people wouldn't know Mm -hmm. that this is something I battle right unless you're my closest people and then you were with me and then how many drinks until it's unleashed right and then I can't reel it back in you know until you wake up the next day or whatever so because those depression that depression those thoughts of self-worth and loathing and all of that like could come out, you know? So sobriety changed a lot of that for me. But um, I also just think wanting to break the cycles, becoming a mother too, like later helped me. Because I come from a, a family of trauma and abuse and saw mental and um, some physical abuse and, and um, grew up in like an environment that's, that you know so that's what's like in the script I had like what why I say I'm blue and both because an ex said to me you know the fucked up thing is is that you think this is normal you think Mm -hmm. screaming at each other like this is completely normal and I was like (laughs) you know probably in the moment like fuck you no I don't but then later I'm like wow I actually do right right I totally do yeah my parents scream at fine my dad would throw things like yeah. I'd come out as a kid and things would be ripped apart and, you know, I've seen, you know, atrocious yeah. shit. So um, I that, totally did think it was normal. It speaks to people who grow up in a household like that, like that is the norm, right? And so if they get into something else and they're doing this shit and the person is like, this is abuse, this yeah. is abusive, like, no, no, that's offensive to people who are actually abused. Like, you don't know what you're right. talking yeah. about. Yeah, you know I mean? 100%. Like, but you're like, wait, no. Like, yeah. this is totally warped because of how you grew up. That's what happens. Yeah. Exactly. We're all brainwashed yeah. as children. Yeah. So we don't know what's normal. We just know what is. We right. just know our environment. And we know then we our look normal, to repeat which is it. what we were exposed to. Yeah. Yeah, and it carries. And then know? once you have a tiny person, you're like, Oh, that's oh, not fuck. ever going to be fucking normal. No, that's yeah. never, that is never going to be normal. You're never going to see. Even like we have this running joke, you know, in our family, it's like about the crockers, the crocker name period. It's like, oh, you're a crocker. And there's a lot of weight to that. Mm-hmm. And and the crocker women and they're crazy and they they have the same rage as their fathers. And like, you know, and our fathers only have that rage because their grand, my grandfather beat the living fuck out of them and was an alcoholic and, and was terribly abusive. So let's call it what it really is. It's not Crocker rage. It's ancestral trauma being passed down from generation to generation. My dad is sober, but he has every ism of an alcoholic because that's what he grew up in. It's not even his fault. Like none of it that I am talking about is, I believe is, you know, it's, it was taught to him. Right. But I'm sitting there at, Crocker Christmas and the, all the Crocker ladies are going back and forth telling stories of like them doing crazy shit. <laughs> I'm just sitting there listening and I'm like, 
in my head, like, and I don't want them to ever think like I'm sitting there thinking like I'm better than you. Right. But I'm sitting there thinking like, <laughs> essentially, thank God I get a lot of therapy and da, da, da. I won't I repeat that. I will not repeat that. I will not. Yeah. This is where that cycle ends. Mm-hmm. It ends with me because yeah. I will not repeat that ancestral trauma. And I am not taking that to my son and I will not teach him that it is okay to do that. You change, like there's certain little details in the film. And like I said, I don't want to give anything away, but like the crayons that she takes for her, like, fuck, you know, and we can cut that out. I don't no, you can it say it. Well, we don't, don't say know, the crayons. But like, because but there's, people yeah. will have no idea what you're talking about until you watch it. But the crayons, the crayons that was- I was like, Oh my, I have keep getting fucking chills talking about it, but that it's like those. And what most people won't know too is like, uh, before I cut it from the movie, but the scene, she gets the crayons. So you see the crayons, she makes it this important thing, right? Mm -hmm. But she got them from a free packet at a diner. And what I was trying to show there is something that means nothing to you or I means everything to a little girl who has nothing. Exactly. So those crowns are everything to her. And so they were everywhere. And I wanted them always in her hand. And I wanted them to be everything because that is all she has. has. Right. And so, again, there's a lot of men. There's a lot of people who were like, cut the crowns from the fucking movie. We don't need it. Like, we don't need it. Are you fucking kidding me? See? And I knew every mother out there. Oh, my God. And I don't want to be like sexist, like some men won't understand it. But what I, but I, what I will tell you right now is there's definitely several men that were like, in a moment when you're escaping a shelter, you're going to worry about crowns. And I'm like, yes, Hell, motherfucking. You know yes. what? That yes. fucking child comes you know. before every fucking <laughs> thing else. I will <laughs> so, literally, like, because every three, one of us, yeah. I can tell you right now, yeah. would scrape the skin from our fucking oh. bodies to give them what like a it, in a second. Percent. So I made sure twice before they got to that room, she said, my crayons, mommy, my crayons, mommy. So that when she sees them and her face sees them, you all know that feeling. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. I have to do this. Yeah. And that is that I have chills as I I, say it. It's it meant everything to me. And her being able to give him to it. She she can't give her a lot of things, but if it's in her power, she's going to. And like, you know, there isn't even a moment where the actress, Willow, was like, God damn, it feels like I'm carrying this little girl around too much. Doesn't it feel like I carry her a lot? And I was like, well, let me just tell you something. I have <laughs> no mom. No. no. <laughs> I go, let me just explain something to you. You've never had arm strength in your entire life until you've had a child. That's right. And all they want is you to carry them oh. if they feel lost, if they feel hurt, if they get a anything. boo-boo, if they get tired, if they're anything. Your if mommy's arms. If they're awake, if they're breathing, <laughs> they're in your arms. They want you. They're, you know, but on top of that, you know, there was one scene in particular. She's like, I just ran from the shelter with her in my arms. And that was something like in the book and in the script, she ran and the little girl was trailing behind by herself. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. You guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, the same kind of mom. Right? I was like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. no, no. Why? Because I hate her for doing that. She should be in her fucking arms. She should be making sure she's safe before she's ever safe. She should be distracting and letting her run ahead. If she's she does tired, not you leave put her, her on your back. back. You Doesn't matter. Yeah. That you little girl up, you do not girl. leave her behind you. Look at us all getting yeah. fiercely oh, upset. We'll up. fucking kill someone, Dude. right? So I was like, <laughs> no, right? So I rewrote, I, I worked very closely 
on this script because there was a lot of things that are really important to me. And for me also, too, because I don't want to forget to say this and like bring me back to it later, is that no character should be unlikable. Every person is lovable to somebody, even if they're flawed. Right. So it is a waste of a fucking character if I don't care about your character. It's just lazy. Yeah. Because I can you can make an audience care about any person. Look at Larry in this. Film. I was going to say, like, I Larry. love Larry. Yeah. yeah. Larry's one of my favorite characters. That's also because Ryan Hurst is an unbelievably talented actor. Oh, my God. That's who that is. Yeah. He is oh one my of God. my favorite artists. He and was, honestly, he slayed it. And he was my so I turned him into a mental health character. He was originally just a villain to be a villain. Right. A bad guy. And I was like, no, he's struggling. And like, we'll come back to that and his story and his backstory and how I try and bring mental health into that. But what I wanted to finish with is she yeah. was like, in that scene when she has the gun yep. to, which I feel like I can say this because it's in the trailer. Is it in the trailer? Okay. All right. All Where right. guns up to Garrett's head and the mom has the little girl and they go around the car. It's in the trailer. So I okay. feel like as I'm long as it's in the trailer, <laughs> I don't want to ruin oh, well, like the put all the action in the trailer. So like, I think I'm okay. <laughs> um, and she was like, I just carried her though. You th- and I was like, let me tell you something, all right? Here's your two options. There's a man that you don't know in that driver's seat of that car. And your child is here. You can go behind and he can reverse and kill you. Or you can go in front and he can drive forward and kill you. But if he's going to do that, you're going to make sure that your body is first and you can throw her or you can protect her. Secondly, make him look her in the eyes if he's going to do that and remind him what he's doing. You hold that fucking gun to him. Like, let him know you're going to kill him If he hurts you, you're both dead here, but also make him look her in the eyes as he makes that decision, you know? And she was like, oh, and I'm like, yes, because as a mother, there's about 900 things that go through my head. When I see even a person walking down the street, I don't care if you're a threat or not. I'm like, who are you? What is happening going on? Where's your hands? What are you doing? What's on you? And I think, you know, you're like, are you a danger? Do I have to like fuck you up no okay keep going <laughs> right you know it's like so let me explain yeah. something to you yeah. you don't have a kid yet you would fucking carry that kid and you, you would, would not let them go that. beside you hell no no because first up straight up in my mind i'm like because if he goes forward i'm gonna throw you as far as i possibly can so you're safe and i go you That's know it. whatever it is it's like it doesn't matter your mentality is self-sacrifice all every mother is listening like yep Yep. You know, yep. We'd get the crayons. We would totally carry you everywhere. Like, (laughs) we, you know, and that's what I wanted. That's what this story was to me when I, what enticed me um, and why I was willing to do so much work on the script is because the number one thing that really interested me is what if you had absolutely, you have this child and you have absolutely no means and no support and no one in your life to help you? But all you want to do is love them and protect them. I remember the feeling so well. Like, it's going to make me emotional. I was 27 years old, and me and my husband were both servers and bartenders, and we live in a one-bedroom apartment, and we do not have money, and we have no idea what we're doing. And we were surprise pregnant. We found out two months before our wedding. We were two and a half months pregnant. (laughs) And we had no idea what we were going to do. And it was just like, I'll sell everything I have. And like, there goes my 68 Chevelle. There goes my Range Rover. There goes (laughs) anything I had of value. There goes expensive shoes. Let me refinish them. Let me like, I mean, we, I did whatever it took to have any kind of savings. Right. So I could remember that feeling. And I'm like, imagine. So there was this line in the movie, which to me is my through line. Not everybody has somebody. 
what if you had nobody? Like, what would you do? And, and life just keeps beating you down, right? And what if one act of kindness could change your life? Okay, well, that's what I want to tell people, you know? And, and on that, also, Russell, the self-loathing and the guilt, what if we aren't our biggest mistake or failure, but we're actually our biggest act of kindness? What if that's what we could re- be remembered for rather than the mistake we made and he went to prison for and and all of those different things, you know? So it's just like, for me, it was, it's always, what can I say? Yeah. What am I doing this for? And who can I help or who can I inspire or who can I let feel seen because of this film? Yeah. And if there is answers there, then I move forward and then I go, you know, and it's like, sometimes it's painful because like, fuck, I'd like to pay my bills. But at the same (laughs) time, if I don't feel it within every inch of my being, I just, I can't do it. You know, I think that it's like, I'll, I have to find a story that does, you know? Yeah. One of the things I pride myself, like, I believe that God had me survive that suicide attempt. Um, because I want to use every last breath I have on this planet saying something, right? And actually doing something with this second chance I have. Yeah. So what am I saying or what am I doing? You know? I so. know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I just I mean the thought of like like when you say like we've talked about that so much about your attempted suicide. But hearing you say it right now in a different context in this way and thinking. (laughs) You fucker. But just like, what if that had gone a different way? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think about it all the time. I mean, uh, I'm a mom now and a wife and a friend and all of these things like I would have never been right. That's the whole message of continue is um, God, you have no, I like, I'm just, now I'm like, I'm speaking to you. If you are feeling pain and you're out there because now my friends made me cry (laughs) and I'm going to be real. Your life matters. I know it feels dark and I know it feels like no one cares, but people do. And I'm sitting in a room with two people whose lives would have been different had I never been in it. And, and like, you know, and we don't know that. We don't know how many lives our lives will touch. You know, you don't know where your life is going. And the only way you will know is if you give it one more day. My skin is crawling off my body. Yeah, I know. It's I've had a lot of those moments, you know, lately, like my, um, you know, my mentor is Robbie Brenner and she's like someone I manifested into my life and she's like a bright beacon, you know, and she just said, sometimes I sit and think about a world where you're not here right now. And I can't even believe that was almost like an existence. And I like <laughs> started crying. I was like, I can't either. I can't either, you know? Yeah. So thank God. Thank God for unanswered prayers, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and you sit here and it's like, oh, I feel so heavy. and But, like, it's actually kind of, like, beautiful, too, to sit here and talk about it and be able to yeah. reflect on it. And it makes – I think it makes everyone think, like, maybe if they haven't been in 
that exact situation, but like choices or paths or things, right. you know, in your life that have transpired and kind of like looking back and like reflecting on it all and just being like, oh, like I wouldn't be here or this wouldn't have happened or fucking manifesting shit, which is just happening left and right, like with all of us, which is just so insane. And you're just looking at life and you're like, I always think about like, if there was a movie and I know that I'm sure they've done it, but like, if you would have went this way or that way, or I mean, there's like sliding, sliding doors. Well, sliding doors sliding was doors. like one of the inspirations yeah. for my film. And that's kind of how my film and the different twists and turns I take is. But yeah, it's like multiverse theory of right. like, right. That's there's exactly so many different versions ways it could have been. Right. Yeah. And that's why when people ask me, like, I don't really give my answer about continues ending and I won't yeah. say too much more don't, about the don't. ending. Just but keep your mouth shut. I know. But what I'll say <laughs> is like, it all exists. Well, that's the it thing too. Exists. I was just reading the book um, Joe, by Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And he he talks a lot about, you know, the science of how our, what is it? My brain is shot now because of the crying. Like the <laughs> observer theory, right? Oh. That energy or matter or whatever changes based on the observer. And it's made up of 99.9% nothing. But our observation of it is what makes it actual particles. But without the observation, it's nothing. And so if we were to put all of our energy and attention into things having gone a different way versus you taking your attention, your focused attention and shifting your experience, you've created, it's like basically creating an alternate universe. Mm -hmm. And that the only difference is the energy of the shift that you gave that. Like it could have in a split second gone a different way, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, and what, what do you attribute that to? Is it a miracle? Do you have a spiritual connection? Was it a voice that came in? Like, and I, I've wondered this for myself too, like being sober, like I've wondered, like, how did I get so lucky? Mm. Because there's so many people that can't get it, you know? And I've wondered, like, what was it that, was it divine inspiration? What was it for you that saved your life? So I'm going to be super real with you. And I don't think I've ever actually answered this to like anyone, like in the sense of, but I absolutely believe I was chosen. I believe that all of these collaborations, being able to write a script in four days, being able to do all, they're all collaboration with God. So I believe that I I am chosen to do that, right? Because there's no way, when I look, that quote I love by Steve Jobs, you can't connect the dots looking forward, only looking back, right? So I look at every single thing mm. that has ever happened to me, even the pain. And it always led me to where I was going into the beauty, right? I would not, you can break it down. You know, it's hard because I don't tell some of the stuff of my past, but something really bad had to happen to me in order to have money for continue to come about. I didn't want that money. So I put it all into healing and helping people, right? Yeah. And when you go into that, having suicidal depression, well, if I didn't have suicidal depression, I wouldn't have had something so important to talk about and I wouldn't have made continue. And then I would have never realized that I was actually meant to be a director. And then I would have never blank, 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 right? So all of these different things and where it led me 
getting dropped by all of my reps while I was on maternity leave. <gasps> Fucking two week fuck old baby that. in my arm as I got the email letting me know that my reps of a long time were all dropping me. <gasps> and mind you, had I not cried hysterically and felt like my entire life was over and, you know, I just got my baby to sleep and I'm muffling my sobs as I'm wailing because my entire team just dropped me, right? And I get him down and I'm crying on my kitchen floor and I'm saying to my husband, and we talk about this night all the time, I just have so much inside of me and I'm scared I'm never going to get to show it. Like, I'm scared no one will ever know who I really am. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that made me go and make continue and do it the way I did yeah. and stop waiting for people's fucking permission and stop waiting for the, the opportunity and to make the opportunity and to not fucking stop. And da, 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 da. <laughs> so when I look at it, every single thing has purpose, even pain. Yes. My worst pain has influenced my biggest moments of gratitude and beauty. So now I can understand it in a completely different way. There's also a story that I feel like I'm going to tell now because I've never <laughs> actually said this to anyone. And I don't think you even know this story. But when I was at my worst, I had just attempted suicide and I was with an ex and we were fighting and it was drunk and in Yosemite and with friends and off fighting and da, 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 da. And so we had just made up from the fight. We were out in the middle of the field no one else around and he was laying down and I was laying on his chest and like on, on him like this. And we were staring at the stars and, you know, he was just telling me like he was scared I wasn't going to make it. And, you know, I had to basically get it together. You know, he was worried that the depression and, you know, the suicidal attempts and stuff were going to happen. And so I screamed out and I was like, God, aliens, whoever the <laughs> fuck is up there if my life has any purpose any purpose give me a sign right now I'll never say this again but give <laughs> me a sign and I'll never attempt to take my life again I will never question it this one time like a ball of light came and was gone within the same exact moment and mind you this is the ex who was so hardcore atheist who the reason I finally took tried to take my own life as he had convinced me that God wasn't real and how science is and how like anyone who believes in like God and all of these things is an idiot basically and showed me all these documentaries and just all of this stuff. So you take my spirituality away when I'm at my lowest low, Ooh. you are basically saying bye. Die. Like what's the fucking point of being if this is really it and this is, why am I here then? Like bye. And the entire sky like it was like a ball of light and it was there just as quickly as it went and I we both jumped up and I accused him of doing it with a flashlight and he was like how the fuck would I have done that with a flashlight and he couldn't explain it either and and it was the most surreal wow. crazy moment and I've tried again of course <laughs> like, <you're laughs> like, you're sure right because <laughs> like the one time wasn't enough I'd love second group you know but um it's and you were never also like see that motherfucker <laughs> yeah like something it's yeah. real yeah. and I and it was crazy and then like this is just a weird synchronicity but we love synchronicity it's right all of us love them yeah <laughs> and then we're driving home and our gps isn't working trying to get home from yosemite 
And he pulls over because I have to go to the bathroom. And I get out of the car and I like look up, like just stand out of the car. And I look over and it's a huge sign that says Nadine's farm. (gasps) I mean, huge cursive Nadine, Nadine's farm. And it was like a massive wooden vintage cool sign. And I just said, nobody has a name Nadine. I've no, never met another name no. in my whole life other than my great aunt Nadine, who I was named after. <laughs> I have never met another Nadine. That's so like, what? Yeah. That, you yeah. know, that's so I know. So as much as I tried to be like, no, that was like, you know, I still think back about that. And I'm like, oh. yeah, those little Maybe things. you really are supposed to be here. Maybe you, Maybe you, you know, are. like, yeah. Maybe there really is something and, you know, and, and each time I tell a story or I take a step into this life I'm now living, I understand yeah, right. that I am here for a reason right. and that I am here to tell stories and I am here to help others, you know, and like one of the things I pride myself on is all of my films have a charity aspect, you know, one of the things that was important to all of us on continue is that um, a percentage part of the percentage goes to uh, charity for suicide prevention and mental health. I now have the continue on organization, which has officially um, been formed, which is a nonprofit to coincide with the film. And, you know, my next script, dear son, which is, you know, I wrote specifically for a person in mind who is currently reading it. Yeah, she is. So, and that's a dream. I mean, a dream, a dream, a dream. And we don't know what will happen with it. But just that I manifested. I was like, if ever there was a person I want to play me, that's her. And she's reading it. Like, I'm like, I'm reading it. I'm reading it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, but that I'm donating a portion of the proceeds to Alzheimer's, mental health and suicide prevention. Love me to oblivion. A portion will go to domestic abuse survivors. And, you know, so everything I do, I want to change the world in whatever way we can, you know? You change my world <laughs> on a daily basis. And the biggest thing I can say about you is strength of heart. You have the most generous spirit, but also you have impeccable integrity. Like, and that to me is what I respect the most in this life. You do not waver, even you do it in such a loving way too. You're like, no, I'm not going to waver on this. And here's why. And then you share from your heart and it's like, oh, you're, you're affecting other people with your truth. That's Mm -hmm. what you're doing. You're a truth teller. Mm -hmm. And like the simple fact of the matter is we're all better off having you on our side. It's true. Thanks for saying that. You're welcome. <laughs> it's like she has a mission to make me cry as many times as possible. Like both of you, <laughs> every time you guys start complimenting. I mean, I think compliments are hard for most women, period, yeah. because yeah. it's like, you know, and that's something like I wish we could all see each other, how our closest friends see each other. Oh. You know, like I, my biggest gift would be for you guys to see you how I see you. You know, I, I think you are the brightest shining stars and the most giving and loving. And, you know, that's why I love your guys's podcast as well, too. And and just like listening to so many of the episodes. I mean, I mentioned this to you, too. And I was like, wait, I shouldn't talk about this ahead of that <laughs> podcast. But one of the things that was so fascinating and it's so like life giving as a woman is all the episodes I constantly listen to. I realized like <laughs> I'm really not special, like in the sense of 
eating disorders to perhaps mm. like battles, body dysmorphia, like the inner voice and critic, the trauma even like it's just like, fuck, man, we all experience it. We all battle it. It's yeah. such a great number of us who do. And like the question is, why? Right. You know, and like maybe if we could get to the bottom of that through podcasts like this and like through listening and all of that, like, you know, it's just nice to like it made me ask really interesting questions as I like listen to the episodes you guys create, you know, and one of the things that I love also is like, I'm sure people are here to promote, but that's not what you're doing. No, you're we here. don't care. You're fucking talking. Sorry, like, life. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, how can we talk about stuff that matters and like what yeah. forms us as humans? Yeah. yeah. And that's so important. I think too, that like what we do here in these conversations is, is really important is that it's no longer about women competing. We are stronger together. Yeah. We are like, the way Rachel and I and you support each other, it's like, I, and I don't mean this in a like, oh, I'd be nothing without it way. I mean it in a, I would be nothing without it. Yeah. Like the way you guys see me and the way I see you and the, like champion, championing. Champ, I'm going to try it Championing. <laughs> Still doesn't right? sound right, but it is right. right. Championing. Right. Champion, like a champ, champion. We are champ. Champion, but it still doesn't, yeah, sound, doesn't right. sound right. But it is. But I think it's something like that. But we, <laughs> but we talk about all the time. We are each other's champion. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 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 How do I say that without being we like we are each other's? We champion each other. Champion. champion. Yeah. <laughs> they're like okay we're gonna edit out the five minutes of no yeah what we always say is like through this life you know you have there's certain girlfriends friends any friends that are your lifeline your support system your soulmates like and I always say like oh you're, you're brought up to be like oh like this man's gonna come and he's gonna save me and he's gonna be my soulmate and da, da, da. and I'm not saying that doesn't happen because it absolutely does and can but the women in my life in particular that I'm surrounded by are my support system, yeah. are my soul mates, soul sisters, lifelines. Fucking they have saved me so many times in so many ways. And I think just like giving that the credit it's due that like when you have those amazing women or people that are your friends in your life that fully just... Are your champions? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know that people understand how I like. You know, I hadn't had a lot of female friends in my life, and I, as I've gotten into my thirties, is when I feel like all of these relationships have really started to blossom. And like, I do. I feel like there's a turn. Like, women just always used to be so against each other. I was heavily bullied, like, and just I hadn't had many friends. You know, yeah. friends. Period. But especially that were women. And then once you have it, you're like, I mean, yeah, sure. The whole soulmate thing and love and like all of that's great. But if it didn't work out, I would just like live with you two and like <laughs> right. never love, like never right. date again and like be totally happy. Totally happy. Like once you yeah, had like marriage, you're like, yeah, up. I don't want to yeah. marry you again but if like, it doesn't work out. Commune with your girlfriends. Like, I mean, and raising the children. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I'd be totally okay to do that. Right. You know, you don't know how life giving it is until you have that, you know, until... You have a person that you want to send all of the memes about. <laughs> do, you think, though, do you think that it's changed due to age? Like, I'm not sure for me. Like, I think when I was younger, I used to get 
jealous or envious or be like, why not me or any of those thoughts. And as I've gotten older, I truly feel like with every success one of my friends has, it's a piece of me. I'm like, we're doing it, you know, and it doesn't take away, but it adds. It's like there's little freckles of each other in each other. Little freckles. Those are my freckles on your face, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I'm not sure for me if it was maturity or if it was getting out of alcoholism or it might be the cycle of like addiction and like scarcity. Cause right with yeah, addiction and true. all of that comes like, there isn't enough for any of us. So like, yeah. I need what's mine because if you take what's mine, like I'll have nothing. And then, then you find out like, that's all bullshit mm-hmm. essentially. And like the more you share and give, the more you receive and just like, yeah, I think it's probably maturity and getting out of darkness too. Like, sure. <laughs> because, <laughs> because helps. I'll say like, you know, Everything you're describing comes from deep insecurity. Yeah. And I know in those times of addiction and all of that, I was deeply insecure and I Mm -hmm. never felt like enough. Right. So that all comes with like wounds, also healing and like finding a security within yourself to realize that you shining bright doesn't make me shine less. Right. Mm -hmm. We just all shine together. Right. Right. So I do think it's a maturity thing. Um, But I also think it's different when you find your people. Absolutely. Like you know, like there isn't a thing I wouldn't do for either of you. Right. Like, you know, you were like, I want to tell this story. And I'm like, fuck yes. Okay. Okay. Weekly session. We're going to have a session every week and we're going to write this and I'm going to, and we're going to do it. Like, I don't give a fuck what it is. I, if you want it, I want it for you. And I'm going to fucking put my powers to make it happen. You know, yeah, and it's like mama bear up. Yeah, for each other. I, we all yeah. mama bear up for each other. We've all done it for each other in this room. And like, you know, I read you an email and you're crying and like <laughs> I'm crying and like we're both crying because it's just like through my dreams coming true, yours are coming true. Yeah. And through your dreams coming true, mine are coming. It's like because what we're not realizing, too, is like we're perfect examples to each other that dreams come true right each thing that happens for us each time we get what we're manifesting we're literally seeing in real time it's fucking possible right Right. all we have to do is believe all we have to do is believe together you know right Right. and there's a power in that and and it also doesn't feel like it probably should feel unattainable at times but like olivia and i have have accepted my Oscar like numerous times. Yeah, I have given this speech and we have both cried hysterically (laughs) as I held the weight of what the Oscar felt like in my hand and we saw it for each other. And she's like, you (laughs) fucking did it. (laughs) And I mean, we're both like crying. Oh my God. And then I'm like, not only does it feel more attainable and real than it's ever felt for me, but like, like, I know she felt that. And like, 100%. I feel that for her. I feel like, it right we now. feel it for you. Exactly. You're like, you are fucking you sitting in the audience exactly. watching you on that stage. <laughs> exactly. Right. But like, don't you also feel like it's possible? Anything is possible. Anything like, is possible. you have an idea. Like, the three women in this room are going to make sure that Rachel's fucking movie is made and it's powerful and it's exactly what she always wanted it to be. That is what I want to do on this planet. My birthday, like my astrological birthday chart, like this woman who's very close to me read it for me. And it was all about like partnerships and business and creating things you haven't done before and like all of it. Yes. Yep. 
Like I, what's funny is right now, like every single day, every single every day, day, speaking it into existence and believing it. And one day you're going to lose faith. One day I'm going to have faith. One day you're going to have faith. I'm going to lose it. Like knowing it's okay to, to drop it for a minute and have someone there. It was like the, whatchamacallit in the trenches. Remember the video of, and the, Oh yeah. David oh, David Goggins. 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 Um, Basically, like your closest people to you, like basically your life is a foxhole and like which is like you're going into battle with and you need to be very sacred with who you allow in your foxhole. And like I have been very adamant about that. And something that became really real for me was boundaries with getting healthy. Mm. And I have sick motherfucking boundaries now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting them and I'm developing them and I'm really starting to enforce them. And I say no. No, yeah. which is really hard yeah, for me. Yeah. I'm a person who wants to say yes to everything, right. even if it hurts me. Like, right. you know, this person really hurt my feelings. But now they're asking for this. I haven't talked to them in five years. So it is weird that they're asking me now. And like, right. you know, and it's just like, there's these things. And I'm like, no, like I, uh, it doesn't feel right for me. And, and yeah. I'm going to just like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like I have that boundary, Yeah, you know, and it's like, but you also need people in your foxhole that have boundaries themselves. So, and that was That's the whole right. important part is yeah. that like your foxhole is only as safe as the people in your foxhole's boundaries and strength is for themselves, right? Yeah. So like, let's say we put five friends in the foxhole. Who's in your foxhole? You guys, my husband, mm, Robbie, my son, is it okay to be like, that's it? <laughs> well, I think that and I like that's so fucked up because I know that there's going to be people listening to this that are like, fuck you, you I'm in your I'm motherfucking asshole. But <laughs> I can love you and you're still just be like, <laughs> because here's the thing. It's like, that's kind of what I was too, is like, there's just certain people with energy. Like if you are not motivated for change, if you cannot do that, yeah. I am very sacred because you are your closest five friends. You are what you eat. You are the sum of the five total you hang out with. And then another thing. And I thing, constantly tell my husband that. And he's like, yeah, but all of our friends. And I was like, not all of them. No. <laughs> we can love them all and they can all be in our life. But who I let in my foxhole is very different. I want to help everybody. I want to be a good friend to everybody. I, but who I let in my foxhole is very different because I, I am a giver. Yeah. And like, yeah. I want to make sure that that never ending give is also with someone who isn't just a taker, you know, or like, and I don't know if that's okay to say, but I think it is. Of like, course, it's like, it's okay. I know, like, look okay. at me, the, the boundaries, yeah. like, it's not okay to say that I want people to give. And like, but it's not that it's more like we need people who give and receive, right. you know, like right. who, who both, who are like so many times, like I am standing firm and, abundance and manifesting and all of this. And then I'm like, Hey, Lydia, I'm fucking stressed. The strike is stressing me the fuck mm -hmm. out. My paycheck that was supposed to cut. Like, and she's like, Hey, let's talk about it. Like, I don't need someone who's like, I know life is so hard. So I today had that. And I'm like, Oh, oh now wow. we're both no. in it. Uh, now no, we're no, both no. in it. I do not want to commiserate. Right. I want us to like motivate each other. Motivate. Well, that's like what he said. He was like, he said, I think I sent you this video too. He talked about, I might've shared it on the podcast, but basically he was like, in your foxhole, you want people that are going to support you. You say you want to go to law school and then you say you want to drop out. 
He's like, I'm going to show up at your house. I'm going to take you to the library and I'm going to make you go to school because that's something that you wanted to do. He's like, I'm going to study in the library. I'm going to wait outside to take you home. I'm going to wake up. Like he said, because there's people that will support you in going to law school and there's people that will support you in quitting law school. Because there's also And he's like, I don't want them in my foxhole. I want the ones that are going to support me when I can't see straight. That's hard sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's almost not even their fault because sometimes you are without even knowing it. Like that was the other thing he talked about. It's like, they're also a little intimidated of like, where will you go in their life? once you're a lawyer, you know, like, what will it look like then? Mm. Well, I mean, it's been pretty great how it is. So maybe you don't have to go to law school. Like maybe you can stay here and never move away. Maybe you cannot go to LA, Nadine. Maybe you can stay in Fresno, you know, and it's like, it's not even their fault, but like, I don't need that in my box. Yeah. Yeah. Because we all have that. It's like, you know, it doesn't make them wrong, but it just, I want the people in my foxhole or like, oh, you feel like there's only been twice in my life. I mean, and it's twice in my life where I really was like, I'm done. I'm done. And my husband was like, okay, you know, for the day, that's okay. I was packing my bag. I was packing my bag to move away because I was done pursuing directing and acting. And it was like, it was, I was done. And he was like, okay, well, can we talk about it? Okay, well, pack your bag and then we'll talk. Well, maybe let's leave tomorrow. And like, and then, and then slowly, like once I had calmed down, he's like, so, you know, and then he starts like doing the foxhole shit, you know, yeah. being like, <laughs> the fo- we're foxhole shit. yeah, doing the foxhole shit, being like, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, like I support that and I would love you either way, but you know, you made continue and like, mm. remember when you said that, and remember and you're like, mm. yeah. <laughs> That's no, what I, mean. like, I don't remember yeah. it. <laughs> Sometimes she's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> completely. Right. But that's what you want. I mean, that's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard because I think sometimes people want to make you happy and it's right. hard for them to change. And they don't necessarily want to do the things it takes right. to create what you're trying to create. So they'll be like, oh, yeah, it might be easier if you start. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, no, let's quit and yeah, let's go. Have you tried sewing? Like, <laughs> you know, like what would be an easy fix for you instead of being like, yeah, let's you know, get in there and actually like you got it. this. Let's yeah. figure this out. Like right. this is going to happen for you. You're going to have times where it's hard, but I'm here to remind you that you want this. Yeah, every single thing that's like that I've ever done in my life that I'm extremely proud of, everyone told me not to do. Wow. Like literally everyone told me not to do. So, you know, who's in your foxhole is really important. Super important. You know, don't jump out of high school and move to LA at 16. Like that's a not a great move. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, look, if you know that's your calling and like I'm willing to work three jobs from 16 until however long, you know, and like that's what people always used to ask me when is your expiration date? Like, when do you finally pack up and like get a real job, you know, or figure something else out? And when people asked me that, it was like, there is no end date. Mm -hmm. I'll be a waitress for the rest of my life pursuing this dream that I love because that's what makes me happy. And, you know, when people say like, what is your advice to the next generation? If it isn't, if that isn't your answer, don't do it. Like find something that you feel that way about. But if you can't do anything but 
that thing, whatever it is, whatever it is, you have to do it. And you can't listen to anyone else because, oh, no, they that or say dad. a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a big sigh after like everything because it's just like, I'm really thinking about my foxhole right now. <laughs> but I like went inside and I'm, it's just so important. And the she's like, it's so me. desolate in that foxhole. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so alone. <laughs> Listen, girl, we, you know, we could just be free alone. in a foxhole and I'm, we are good. Listen, we're motherfucking fighters. But that's how, the standards you should hold is like people that you're letting in your life. Like, would you let them in there? Yeah. Or you can have them on the peripheral too. Yeah, they could be standing guard. They can be like around, but <laughs> they're or they not could be around. a foxhole that you like protect behind your foxhole, like where you're like, hey, I got your back too. Maybe you'll move like you chillax in that foxhole, your yeah. foxhole, and I'm gonna like defend you and keep you safe, but, but you're not in my motherfucking foxhole. You <laughs> yeah. are the guardian of your mind, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to be really mindful of who you let into your mind. And so you can have friends and they may be negative or they may be this or that, but the people you come to with certain things, you want to make sure they're congruent with the safety of your mind. Mm. And that is something like, you know, we speak in in manifestation, empire, positive, like we're really motivating to each other. If we were to be... Oh, I don't know if anything's going to work. We do that sometimes. Not with, no, those are separate issues though. Oh. Of course we do it. No, that's, well, everyone of has course moments. we do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course, 100%. Yeah. But then the one thing I've noticed about every good relationship, whether it's romantic or friendship, it usually isn't happening at the same time. Have you ever noticed that? What do you mean? When she's feeling strong, you're feeling weak and vice versa. It's like almost like the universe has your back in the sense of like, when I'm having a moment of weakness, you'll be strong. And when you're feeling weak, I am there. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's usually always balanced. It's always balanced. Yeah. Well, and what's like, that kind of brings to mind like too, like reps or people or like, right. So like, as you're talking, it's like, you know, just for me personally, like looking at two people like you, it's like, you shouldn't have anyone that's around you and around your dreams that isn't talking exactly like you guys are because you guys can take over the world. I believe that you two together can do profound things. And if the people in your foxhole aren't saying that, get the fuck out of the foxhole then. And I am mama bear. I will fucking gnaw them and take them out of your foxhole, you know? So it's like, and, and honestly, it's like, this has become something so big to me. And remember I told you, what the fuck when you sent me that video? Cause I had just typed, I was listening to David Goggins book again. And I had just typed this whole thing up. I could literally show it in my notes in my phone. And it's like, for me, I have a daily, not maybe not daily, but like, you know, again, I I hate to sound like I'm bragging, like ragging on my family because I'm not, but my family has this like certain mindset and the way of talking. And when I go around it, I notice that instantly I'm complaining about the coffee. I'm complaining about the food. I'm really feeling like this or that or, you know, and and honestly, like I went back during the pandemic for a little bit of time. And when coming back, I was like, wow, who and how you operate and how you let people talk around you and what it bleeds. And oh, it yes. takes a long time oh. to get back to ground zero right. or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Yeah to undo that once you've been around it. So it made me like very firm, you know, like 
There is, and I don't want it to sound just like family. I use that as an example because, no, like, you know, it's a safe course. space. But, like, friends, anything, anything. You just, I'll be like, you know, my husband will be like, have you talked to him? And I'm like, no, I just, I'm being really sacred about my space right now. Right. And boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. Because, like, uh, it's, I, I can't have that right now. There's people in my life, if I spend time around, like, it tweaks my nervous system so gnarly that, like, to get back and regulate, it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I am not well, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, but the fact that you're aware of it and you can recognize it and you kind of know what's going on definitely helps. But you also are like, why are you around these yeah. people? Yeah. Well, it's also harder with family too, because it's so subconscious <sighs> mm. that your natural default is going to be to just fall into that. Mm-hmm. Like even my or mom, you feel she's wrong. Like, you yeah. feel wrong for like, being optimistic. They're like, oh, right. she's so annoying. Well, or that. No, but what I was going to say is you feel wrong for like cutting them out or distancing too. Like sure. there's this ingrained guilt, you know? Right. Like, which is like, shouldn't yeah. be a thing, man. It's hard. My it's mom so does hard. See, we're like, oh God. Thing, she's oh, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I cannot <laughs> just this weekend. I was like, stressing out because I was leaving to Maine. Yeah. And I'm like, she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm honestly having a hard time. I've never left my kids for that long with my husband. And so I was like, I'm stressing out about it. And she's like, yeah, I really don't understand why you guys are going halfway across the country. Right. So and she like, feeds into yeah, the she's stress. Like, she's like, oh yeah. And but did you think of this? That. And I'm just like, my oh. mom, every time I talk to her on the phone, there's something I like need to do in my life. And I have to like face and do. And every time we're on the phone, she's like, well, you know, you have to. Da, da, da. I'm like, I know. mom, I'm literally just talking about like picking up Briar from school. You don't need to say this every time I'm on the phone with you. you That's know? exactly it. It's just they know how to get in there. Yeah. They're like, oh, are you packing stress in your bag? I've got more. Let me yeah. Yeah. know. And you're like, because if it was one of us saying that to each other, we'd be like, go have fun. The kids yeah. are going to be great. Like. Yeah. You deserve this. But my mom's Maybe like, I generational. know. Yeah, but and, my, and it, it is because my family weather? can also make everything <laughs> stressful that doesn't need stress. Right. Like this weekend, 70th birthday, right? We've hired someone to decorate. We hired someone to come and do a taco truck. We hired, I mean, it's all, I'm like, I'm actually not coming up Saturday. I'm going to come up Friday. <gasps> well, good, because there are so much. And I'm like. Oh, I'm coming. I should come up Saturday. I, should, I don't know. I should come up Saturday. I'm already having a panic attack. What right. the fuck are we stressing about? Right. We have, we already hired. And then mind you, the day it comes and it's all stress. And right. you're yes. like, what right. the fuck? Oh, is there no way to avoid this? Like, I know. we hire people and yet we're still bringing, like, did you get, did you remember to get the stress? Well, well we need more of it. Right. You know, it's right. just yeah. like, it's right. making any non-stressful situation stressful. stressful look at your foot tapping i know your foot's tapping already i know i'm like i'm thinking so about weird. it my legs <laughs> twitching we're like i'm stressed just Back talking stress. about the stress we bamboozled. don't use the word stress anymore we use the word bamboozled bamboozled because like we that. can say this is a really bamboozling this situation bam- you know what that made me feel really bamboozled <laughs> and then you smile yeah. yeah. And your body calms down as opposed to I'm stressed. Every time we do yeah. that, we're like, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. No, that was bamboozling. It was a bit ba- your party at your parents was a very they were bamboozled. bamboozling experience. It was. It was bamboozling. <laughs> which also for me, like going back to family stuff is always bamboozling. <laughs> like, you know, I've always been the black sheep. So then just kind of like returning to the scene and you're like "Ah." and I'm like oh but at the same time we're going to stress about the decorations right yeah (gasps) yeah anyway 
bamboozling, but bamboozled. got through it. Look at that. Hey. Right? Isn't that amazing? All the things that you get through, what, however small or big they are, you can look back and be like, I survived that. However yeah. bamboozling they However are. bamboozling they may be. <laughs> well, also, it's just like, it's a little glimpse, like little taste size bites of growth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Right. Like every time you talk, like when you talk about anxiety or like different things, when you talk, like I can just identify with it so deeply on such a deep level because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I know that. Like my fight or flight is sick. Like, it, you know, trauma has has uh, nurtured it well. And I feel like, honestly, that's what makes me such a good director. I'm like, I've been through worse. I have a great fight or flight. But like each time that we get through those little situations without feeling a massive amount of anxiety, right. without it sticking for an yeah, extra or day. Yeah, not reacting. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Without having to tell them, like that used to be my thing. I just needed to tell them every time what they were doing wrong and oh, why, right. it, how it makes me feel. And uh, and you're like, it doesn't make a fucking difference. It it's not going to change. Just shut up and like listen and get through it and then leave. Right. You know, it's yeah. like, it doesn't have, you know, you've, you've honestly helped me with a lot of that and acceptance. acceptance. Acceptance is the key to most things in our life. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. And it is the hardest thing to attain. Oh, acceptance, surrender. Yep. <sighs> surrender. Well, especially for control freaks. I don't know if y'all oh, have that, but like yeah. I'm a bit of a control freak. So like <laughs> surrender, letting go. Oh yeah. Acceptance. Yep. Accept- also understanding that people aren't what you want them to be. They are what they are. Right. Yep. Right. And we can't change people. Nope. Can we accept them and love them at their level, at what they I'm are? Not a high, what is it? High involvement, low attachment. Mm. Like, poof. You've helped me like see that in a totally different way. Also the expectations I put expectations, on Expectations. That's another huge one. You can't put expectations. It's really hard. It's so I was just going to say it's really hard it's though when it's so like. so hard. But I expect you right. to be a father. I expect you to be a mother and to do this right. and to do that. And it's like, but that's your expectations. Yeah. It's, it's not them. And it's like, and you're setting yourself up for disappointment or for this or yeah. for that. Like, can you just enjoy the moments and accept them for right. Yeah, and then I think the next. I'm like, step I don't know. Is, can you? <laughs> then the next step is to then turn and give yourself what you're craving from them. Mm. Well, you've yeah, that inner child work also. Like, I mean, is next level too. It's yeah. like I realized a lot of my problems where I was waiting to be seen by people who will never see me. That's Ooh. right. I have people who see me who make me cry when they compliment my work because <laughs> they see me yeah. in it. They see my heart. My empathy, my this, my that. So I can see me. I have friends who see me. I don't need the dickhead who doesn't see me to see me. He just won't see me. Right. And it's just it not is it everyone is, is going to be your people. Right. Like that's a hard thing to accept, especially I think like like you guys have said a thousand times on your podcast, I think it's ingrained in women to be liked. We want yeah. to have friends and we want to be this mm-hmm. and, you know. But the truth is, like, you know, I, I'm not for everyone. I'm like, I, I crave deep vulnerability. Yeah. Like, and if you aren't that, I'm like, 
it's okay. I'm just going to be quiet and I'm just going to keep it moving. And like, I'm going to wait until I get into conversation with these two. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah, because that's just like, I'll talk for days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably five hours past how long you were supposed to have me on the show. And it's like, <laughs> I'll stay here all damn day talking to you guys, you know? Of course. That's not going to be for everybody. But it's I don't for our people. That. I know, right? don't get it. I'm like, how? Yeah. But think of that, right? We, yeah. we all... I've gone through trauma and like are have dealt with it and are really aware and emotionally intelligent and all of these different things. Not everyone has the tools in the toolbox to be as open and be as those things, you know? So sure. I've started to realize like that the people who don't like me because I am how I am, maybe it's because they don't have those same tools and or you know, they're just not wired the same and that's okay. That doesn't make them wrong. It just makes them not my people, you know? And that took a long time to. That's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like as a filmmaker, there's going to be people who don't like my movies and that like makes me sad. Yeah. It makes me sad too. And I want to kill them. I'm like, there's no way. No, because because (laughs) for me, my art is a part of my soul. Your heart. But even talking about all the choices you make, you are, you're telling everything from the heart and that's what makes a fucking difference. And that's what makes you a phenomenal filmmaker. You know, it's like the little choices and the thought behind it and everything, but it's all here. Yeah. And that's where it comes from. And certain people don't want to go there. Right. People are avoiders. They avoid all of that. They don't want to feel. They don't want to be vulnerable. There's also actors who don't want to fuck with that either. Who I'm like, what do you mean? Like hard to get them to go there. Yeah. Like actual actors. Who? I know. I'll never tell (laughs) you. But I've I've worked with multiple people who are basically like, there is one person in particular. I'll never tell the name (laughs) of this person. But they were talking in the makeup and hair chair of my fucking film who like my people are my people bro yeah right my makeup and hair chair is gonna tell me like <laughs> hair and makeup people are our people like you know what i mean like yeah, of course. the fucking coolest and they were telling them like god i wish the directors would just like stay the fuck out of your way like i'm an actor i know what i'm doing i don't need you to direct me like i wish they would just like leave you alone and stay out of your fucking way and realize some people don't need to be directed <gasps> Hmm. You're like, oh, you're That's really so weird. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, we could do it that way. Also, the only actor who on that movie in particular wouldn't work with the acting coach, like who I had on set, who was there, you know, just in case like people get so in their ego. And, and the acting coach was, by like, the way, only there for me. But then everyone else started to be like, you know, like, hey, set, if, free for a minute. and yeah. I'd be like, yo, I'm in this scene with them. But let me tell them that if they did and like, you know, so I'm giving backstory. I'm like, yo, go tell them. Because if it's different coming from me when I'm in the scene across from you and I'm telling you something about me, but from a third party, it's like, yo, go tell them that her deepest and a bit of, and so like it came, it became this fun game and everyone wanted a part of, (laughs) of working with my acting coach for a period of time who was really only there for me to shove me because I couldn't shove myself in scenes, you know? Of course. When I was, because I'm in every scene of continue and stuff. And, um, and it's just so funny because it's also the person whose performance was, what the weakest, <laughs> what the if worst to cut. So it was the hardest to include, wow. and like, you know, all of those things. And it's not that's not the only person I've experienced that had that attitude. Like, you know, there's a trust that has to be earned, and there's, there's a lot attitudes. of people who don't. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who don't want that. And and you have to just and like what I pride myself like I, what I constantly just try and remind myself is like, 
all I can be is me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you either accept that and want to be a part of it or you don't. And w- that has more to do with you than me. Right. And okay, let me figure out then how I can be there for you in your way. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And like how That's I can hard. still support you. It's hard, but they almost always come around to my way. <laughs> unless unless you're an processes. asshole and that's okay right. yeah right, everyone right, right. has different processes yeah, yeah, yeah and also this is something i go back to too is like stallions like when you're working with fucking stallions like sometimes you just have to give them some whispers and, and then like know when to stay the fuck out of their way because they're like yeah ready to run you right, know like right, i don't right, know right, how right. else to say it other than like yeah you right. know it's our job as but an intuitive know, person yeah. as a director to know like oh, i'm gonna stay because right. something cool is happening here. Right. Or like, oh, I'm going to whisper so something. That must be so watch. fun. It's so fun. Yeah. It makes me like, I'm like, I can't wait to direct both of you. Like, I can't yeah. wait to, you know, it's like, it. it's addicting, like, to create Ooh, with yeah. collaborators. Yeah. Like, that's what I always say, too, is like, I crave collaborators. I, yeah, me too. People are like, stay humble. I'm like, st- like, I am nothing. I am nothing without a production designer to help me build the sets that I see in my head, without a cinematographer to actually capture the vision that's in my head, without actors to actually bring these creators, I mean, these characters to life and this story to fruition through my lens and through all of that. Like without them, what am I doing? Like, who am I directing? What am I, you know what I mean? You are only as strong as your collaborators, your sound design, who then puts the audience in the fucking seat, your score, who then makes the emotional... Ugh, feeling my my music is my love language so it's like without every person you make a movie with what is a director you know right, we right. need collaborators and collaboration is the funnest fucking part Ugh, makes you me know play, I know, right? I know. So this is why I'm like I can't wait for us to play that's why I'm just writing films for us all to make films yeah. together you know like it's fun i mean yeah. yeah i'm like what can we just take like, let's just, let's go. just i know i know, I know. <laughs> you know you find your, your people, people you and you find, find your, your people. people and that branches out like they always say the right actor mm-hmm. finds the right role like you you know when you get a no it feels disappointing and you're like oh but it could have been could have been the right person always comes along. And that's how I feel about every person from Desperation Road and every person who's in my life, period. You know, it's just like, I I, I know that they're divinely put there, you know, yeah, but yeah. even down to like Mel and what an incredible human being he is, you know, and and what a journey he's had, you know, and 16 years sober. And like, the thing is like, I wow, know is that. he really 16 years sober? Yeah, really? I actually thought Amazing. it was more than that, but basically since hit like, yeah, well, I remember that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he's been sober since. And um, and what a lot of people don't know about Mel, right? So he's saved more lives than I can count. I mean, he is one of like Robert Downey Jr. talks about how really? Mel Gibson saved his life. Wow. Like so many people within the program, like my husband was in rehab for heroin and drugs and OD'd and almost died, my husband. And Mel was at his rehab speaking. Like, Uh, so was Robert Downey Jr. So were all of these people. So again, these huge stars who have no reason to be there other than to help people. So again, it goes back to redemption. Like we are either our greatest mistakes or our greatest acts of kindness. Mm -hmm. And I want to believe that we can be our greatest acts of kindness because while we all make mistakes like my entire 20s <laughs> like yeah, yeah. same seas or even mm-hmm. down to like 
Right. So imagine if no one from my family ever trusted or loved or like accepted because I made that choice of suicide or tried to attempt or like never accepted me back in to trust like or or forgive, you know, the few times I failed at sobriety before I got it the eight years now, you know, so it's like. I look at everybody and I know that we're all brought together for a specific reason, you know, and, and just being able to talk to Mel and like, you know, to like fist bump. And then like, I'm showing my movie at Lionsgate and I'm talking to all the execs there. And then I say to them, cause they are like, Oh yeah, I've seen continue. And I was like, crazy what sobriety can do for you. Huh? <laughs> and, they all, and then like, I saw these two execs, the main two execs, there, like light up and they're like, 13 years, eight years, you know, we're just like fist pumping. And it's just like, you know, it's again, things like cancel culture, things like that terrify me because like, yeah, yeah, you can change who you completely are. Like you can save lives. Like you can, you can make a mistake and be reborn. Like, and like use your life for a purpose. Like people are not to be thrown away. That's right. No. We could so agree I'm more. Sorry, it's probably like a random tangent, but I just like, no, I don't know. No, kind of everything came out you say is like... important. Every <laughs> single thing you say is important. This, yeah, it really so is. I, I do. I feel like we're all led together, <laughs> to quote Desperation Red, led by what hand? I don't know, but here we are and I ain't letting it go. You know, it's very <laughs> fine, but it's, but it's true. I mean, something does connect us all and we don't necessarily understand it. But all I have started to do is like accept it and yeah, be excited right. by it. Like it's that change in perspective. I used to be like, why me? Why me? And now I'm like, OK, we'll see why, you know, like, right. We'll I'm see. sure Let's eventually see. I'll understand this or not or not. But, <laughs> but, but I definitely well learned something it from it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And where can everyone see Desperation Road? Oh, yeah. So October 6th, it'll be out in theaters, on demand, pay-per-view, everywhere, all at the same time. But we got a lot of screens, so Ooh, it should be we're at going theaters. to the theater. Yeah, yeah it should be Oh, that. my God. Rachel is going to the theater. Oh, my God. I don't go she to the movies. She doesn't go to the movies. <laughs> yes. You're going to the oh God, movies. Go. Can we go together? Yes. Do you oh guys want to come with me for the first time, like, ever yeah. seeing uh, my movie uh, on a theater? Absolutely. Thousand percent, percent we're it's there. I actually date. get like crazy anxiety about it I'm oh, like we're gonna have the best time ever I know I need my foxhole peeps with me we're, we're gonna going. go oh, no, we're going. October we're 6th we need to go watch it for the first time and October yes. is the best month it's the best I month know. it's I gonna be pure that. magic and we're gonna go together and we're gonna uh, when's all your birthday of, October 28th Bri- Briar's the 29th yeah <gasps> Oh, I love that I'm like what's my little Scorpio yeah I know yeah Oh my god! I know. So soon, uh, all the what magic. What a conversation! What you a guys. conversation! We're so excited for the movie. Everyone needs to see it and Go continue to the when yes. that comes out. Oh yeah, continue will be. Um, well, hopefully later. I'm we'll have waiting. you back because we're yeah, we'll be... talk about that more. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, we need that needs to have its own thing. It needs we've to have really its own joined thing. together to like change lives, save lives, and it will All have it. its own thing. Yeah, yeah, and as soon as we know, I mean, the other thing is, is if it, it doesn't, if the strike doesn't end pretty soon here, I could also get an interim agreement too because it's it doesn't get more indie than continue yeah <laughs> it does not right, get right, more right, indie. Right. Yeah. I mean we literally like made it on a wish and a dream so <laughs> um but yeah so later this year later this right. year but we're right. gonna have a but, whole new introduction on that and yep. you and know desperation road october 6th yes Woo-hoo! 
We love you. I love you. Thank you. Let's talk about Desperation Road. Rob hasn't watched it yet. Are you going to come with us to see it on October 6th? When it comes out in theaters? I wasn't invited, so... I just invited you. You weren't here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Sure. When is it? October 6th. Let me see. We're going going to go to the movies. I'm actually going to go to a movie theater. She is. She doesn't Which do that. Which is a miracle. Yeah, I don't have any plans on the 6th. Awesome. Put it we in your calendar. We drive back on the 6th. We have a trip. Yeah, but we can put it in our calendar. Okay. I mean, like that's <laughs> going to do anything. I meant we can make it home at night. Oh, I was like, yeah, we'll put it, we'll put it in our calendar. I don't go to the movies. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. I'm not like a movie goer. What? What do you get when you go to the movies? Though? Like snack wise? Yeah. Okay, this is important. Very. Go ahead, Rob. You're next. I just get popcorn and water. What? What? Yeah. That's it. Always popcorn. What? Butter on your popcorn? Yeah, butter on the popcorn. Okay. And water. Well, I don't don't eat candy, really. What? Weird. And I don't drink soda. He only eats those mint chocolate thingies from Chicago. What? Those Those mint things, remember, that you never gave us? Oh, I don't get those regularly either. I know, but I'm just saying it's a candy. Mint melt toys. From Fannie Mae. Yeah. 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 yeah, I wouldn't get that every time I went to the movies. It also depends if I'm at like Alamo Draft House. I'm sorry. What? Are you in Texas? No, Alamo Draft House is a movie theater that is in Los Angeles. It's in LA? And what about it? It's probably some cool, like indie, rad. They They also serve you food food at the. It's one of those. Yeah. So, like, like a really nice. I'll get a pretzel from there occasionally. Like a soft or like pretzel? Soft pretzel. Do you count. get mustard, like or, mustard cheese? or cheese or it what? It comes with both. Ooh. What do you prefer dipping it in? Uh, I do pretty evenly. Okay. Where is this place? Why do I not know it? It's downtown yeah. LA. Oh, I don't like going downtown. There's parking right there though. There's a parking there is garage. Parking? Okay. Validated. It's it like six bucks. More appealing. <laughs> Elevator goes right to the door of the theater. Okay. What does Natalie get? She's... Uh, well, again, it depends on the theater. Let's just go classic movie classic. theater. Okay, your popcorn and water. Um, she doesn't do soda either. She'll maybe do a like chocolate, a junior mints. Junior mints are good. I don't love them. Interesting. What do you get at a movie theater? Popcorn. Yeah. With I don't think I've ever gone to the movies and not gotten popcorn. I I, won't I have go. a text chain with people about popcorn. What is it? What is it? It's What's just like debate? a popcorn club. That like what do we, you mean? We send photos when we get popcorn because we all like popcorn. You that like much. popcorn? Well, you're from I Chicago, like and they have the famous caramel popcorn cheddar. Yeah, both popcorn of these, mix. both of the people aren't. I have one from yesterday. The Chicago mix of popcorn. That's I so random. Popcorn. Can I tell you? Okay, I have a few things about popcorn, mm-hmm. but you didn't say what you ordered. Sorry, go to your order. I, it's not important. I get popcorn, a Diet Coke. That's like my party drink. I know I shouldn't drink it. And peanut M&Ms. And are you, do you and, put the M&Ms in yeah. the popcorn? You oh, know those I, am, I am no. majorly. Go ahead. Sorry, no. I'm not. It's my turn here. And then I either get Swedish fish. Oh. Um, red red vines. vines or... Sour Patch Kids. Oh, what's I your like favorite this... color, Sour Patch Kid? Guess. Well, red's the best, but it's not yours. No. It's either the yellow or the orange. Yeah. <laughs> it's the orange. 
Yeah, who would like the yellow? I love the yellow. She That's my yellow. second. Starburst, she goes orange. Yellow and orange. And Elliot, too. He's your son. He's my sandwich. <laughs> and then Jeff gets milk duds. Mm-hmm. Those are so hard on your teeth. Yeah, but I always have to have at least one. Uh-huh. Or just one. Okay, what do you get? If I go, which is never, <laughs> I need popcorn, but I need something sweet to put in the popcorn. My first choice is raisinets. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. In the popcorn. It's a really good combo. People love that. I have a big issue with popcorn in general. What? Because I have my wisdom teeth. I get food stuck very uh, easily in my teeth. Popcorn is my biggest enemy. Oh, no. It's not fun being you. No, it gets stuck there. And sometimes I'll think like I have an infected tooth or mm-hmm. like, you know, and I, I go do. to the dentist and they're like, you just had popcorn stuck in your gums. I'm like, have, you tried, oh. have you tried flossing? Or? Yeah. So do you stay away from it? I try to avoid popcorn. <laughs> That's but why let you me don't tell like you, going to the movies. <laughs> let me tell, <clears throat> tell you one thing I love. <clears throat> Tabasco <laughs> on popcorn. With lemon? I have not done that, but do you want to know where I learned it? I think I've said this before. Poetic Justice, Janet Jackson puts Tabasco on her popcorn. I've had it and I like it. It's so I good. like jalapenos in the popcorn. Oh, My sister does that. Do you bring mm-hmm. Tabasco to the theater? I would bring a little Tabasco if a I had tabasque. it. If you went to the theaters. If I went to the theaters. I, I do like the jalapenos in it. That sounds really good. It's so good. And it I'm, reminds I me of like junior high nachos. The best There was in the nothing world. better with like the shitty cheese sauce mm-hmm. with the fucking jalapenos. I will say this. One of the biggest fights I got in with one of my best friends. <laughs> I know this story. We got in a fight. Like, it was bad. We weren't talking. It was brutal. And then I had a baby. And the way she made it better is that I got a delivery of melted cheese, jalapenos, and the chips to make junior high nachos. Who did that? Deanna. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, oh. She was good here. She's right back in my heart forever. <laughs> she had slept with Jeff. But that was all. No, took. she even sent the little the tray trays that they come in. That is so thoughtful. Yeah. See, those are the things like the ways to someone's she heart. She did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it right there. That was all her take. The for best me is, is to like send that. that to someone with no context, <laughs> like that doesn't even care for a nacho, like no, whatever. Just, but like, shows up. just like plastic baseball helmet with it. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> the best. See, I like what going drink? to baseball games for snacks. Um, like I okay, when I get crazy, I order a Coke because for me that's a party. Yeah, because it's, it's party caffeine. drink. Yeah, I don't drink alcohol, so I'm like, I'll have a Coke. I would probably get a Coke. Or, now let me tell you, only at AMC Burbank, they had a white cherry icy. Oh. That shit was so Only. Good. I was saying that's the that's only, only theater only that has a white world. cherry icy. No, but I just knew they had it, so I would always get so excited. I yeah. used to do ices at the theater. Yeah. Right? My family still does them. Shepard calls them blue juice. Oh. I know. He says, I want popcorn and blue juice. Popcorn and boo. Briar's never been to a movie theater. Have we talked about this? What? Yeah, I think that's so weird. It's so weird. It's, it's not so... on purpose. Well, that sounds like. Can a... I take her to a movie? Yeah, we're gonna take. But now she has a thing where she wants to go with friends, like a yeah. friend. So it's a thing now. And you've said no. No, I said of course. What it's movie? Never. I don't know. It has to be one that comes out. She also doesn't love watching movies if she doesn't know what's gonna happen. She has like you know, she doesn't want to get scared. She doesn't want you. 
You know what I've realized, though, is most kids' movies are, are scary. scary. Why yeah. is that? I don't know. Why do you think they do that? What? Can you give some examples? Every <laughs> single kid's movie. Okay. I mean, like, like there's some dies. element of, like, fear yeah. in it. Think of a kid's movie. So just a Little Mermaid. I mean. For, like, life? <laughs> there's always an element that's, like, it's not going to work out, and then it works out. Or freaking dad dies or the mom dies or the parents are lost at sea or there's always some sort of like cryptic scary dark message in it yeah what's interesting is like i feel like briar isn't as affected like when like a parent dies or like some you know but when it's like really like i remember it was like in kanto and like the girl like breaks the house she couldn't deal why like because the girl did this and caused this well, the she emotion. Felt she felt so. She had to turn off the movie. I was here for that. You were here for yeah, that. Yeah, you guys had to go in the other room. Yep. It was Talk like a thing, it. and then we had to come back mm-hmm. to it because mm-hmm. she had a really hard time yeah, with and that. And I said, "Well, let's finish it because I think you know it's important to see what happened." Which I thought was great. I was glad you guys didn't just dip out no, and not come back. No, I was glad yeah. you were like, we "Let's follow through" because yeah. I wanted her to see that it was going to be okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Do we talk about movies every post? <laughs> and food. And food. Yeah. We're big on that. Did you guys watch Good Boy yet? No. No. Can't say that. Can't say, Can't that, say that I, I did. did. All right. Well. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did watch on the plane was, um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. That was really good. Is it new? With Rachel McAdams. Yeah, with Rachel McAdams. It's new? It's not new. It's in the last like year though. Yeah. I don't even know. It's great. I thought it was super cute and charming. Hmm. I've been watching this German show. Oh (laughs) Oh, my God. Here we go. (laughs) It's called Dear Child. It's on Netflix. Is it Um, crazy? It starts. So they're in this like bunker. This woman and two kids. And the dad like comes in and like they all to hold their hands out and show each side to make sure that they don't have something and then the mom breaks out because they're like trapped in this room clearly from the dad from like the, the dad, dad that we don't know who the dad is but he clearly had like kidnapped this woman i think she had the babies there oh man this just sounds and they escape but you really don't know much it's, I finished it last night, actually, too. It's, His choices are so strange. It was good. It, it was sounds, solid. It, I mean, it, there was it. enough, like, twists and stuff along the way where, like, the kids weren't hers. Right. She wasn't actually Lena, which was what they were calling her. She had gotten, like, hit by a car. Jeez. That's when she, when she escaped. Like, someone called the ambulance, and that's how they were out, and the little girl was with her. But the boy was still back. At the home. So, Dude, I went, I went down a hole on TikTok the other night and I couldn't sleep because I had to watch every single one of these videos of this girl. From the show? No, but it sounds like that. It's like this girl who she escaped her house and she was like 18 years old or 17 years this old. This is real? This is story? real. Diane Sawyer was like covering it. She escaped her house and she sounded really young. She sounded like almost like a four-year-old or like an eight-year-old. And she was like, I 
escaped, like you need to send help because my brothers and sisters are chained up. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and they show live footage of going into this house. And, and it's were like kids chained up? Chained. What? Because they would chain them up if they took food. They said that <gasps> they were stealing food. There was 15 of them. This family had 15 children. 15 biological children that they had. Biological children. They kept them in their house, chained them up. They were malnourished, uneducated. It was complete hoarders. They only like let them eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches while they ate like fast food and frozen food. And these kids were literally chained to beds. This was right here in Riverside, California. What? Yes. How did I not hear anything about this? I think I've heard of this. You it, have? It's so insane, though, when you watch it because these girls are being interviewed and it's them now, like, having escaped that. Yeah, like How long older, ago was older blonde Not woman, that long right? ago. Yeah, there's, oh, like, yeah, yeah. like, 30. She's, like, 30 now, I think. And her sister. What is, like, people? Like, what? It's so tragic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I'm serious. Like, I don't. I don't know. But I'm like, why keep having kids? Why have why 15 have kids? 15? Well, well, I think probably... there's probably some sort of psychological oh, you think the parents. Yeah, maybe so, a little mental illness. Questioning why with them. Yeah, I think they're in jail now. I'd hope so. I hope so, too. But it just literally gutted me. Like, these kids were all emaciated. And I can't. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought that up. But Did you watch anything fucked up this week, <laughs> Rachel? I'm trying to think. Did I? Fucked up. Dark? Anything? <laughs> Bueller? I'm like, have I watched anything? I don't think I... I don't watch anything. It's just whatever Briar has on is what I kind of see. And then that's the end You guys thing. should... You should see... Start watching Dear Child tonight. No, thank you. Her. She's not going to I think I watched see. a little of The Ultimatum. <laughs> I watched all of Ted Lasso and Shrinking, finally. Oh. That's good times. It's really good times. Did you watch They're them both? both? Wholesome. They they make you feel yeah. so good. You would love them. I just uh, the only way I can watch something is if I go on a plane. Well, that's unrealistic, and that's not true. <laughs> like that's well, I mean, for me, it's just kind of how my world works a little bit. Yeah, but doesn't Briar watch something before bed? Yeah. So why can't you put your earphones and watch something before bed too? Because I'm. Doing, doing all shit. the things, cleaning I dinner, and I don't getting do that ready either. for school, and yeah, I don't. Do yeah, that what are you either. talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Just well, well, after she goes to bed, put something on. She's in my bed, man. In an iPad. Yeah, I could. So, what do you do? Do you go to sleep? Usually. You sit on your phone for like. Two, I do three look hours. at my phone. Yeah. I don't know about two, three hours, but I. I've gotten late for like text. what an hour, like an hour probably. You know. Scroll on the phone. Text and text. Yeah. Whatever. Respond to emails that I didn't get to. You do not. Yes, I do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the only time I'll just be there and I'll or if I have to like order something, you know. Or read something. You'll read Your something. Your online shop from bed. That's Maybe. mostly what she's doing. Not oh, usually. Yeah, she online likes shopping. online yeah. shopping. But I don't do that at bed at night. Oh, you don't? You do no, that sometimes like, in if the I day? wake up. She waits till we're podcasting and that's when she likes to do it. And then I do it because I get bored. I do it like if I wake up really early in the middle of the night, like at 4 a.m., sometimes I'll be like, huh, <laughs> it's weird. Oh. Yeah. Guess I need new shoes. Yeah. And then I'll return them because it was a very 
like impulsive, irresponsible. Do you follow through with returns? Yes. That's my one thing I've gotten good at. Am I late sometimes and have to call and be like, hey. Please take (laughs) it. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, but I try to follow through. I try to follow through with things. It's hard for me to get everything done, but I try. Returns are really hard for me. I end up just keeping it all. I do that sometimes. But sometimes that comes in handy. Like Speaking I needed of which, a dress I have a for pair a wedding. Of shoes for Elliot. Oh, you do? Yeah. What did you wind up wearing to the wedding? Pink or green? Pink. Yeah, good. Look at that. Yes. Yep. You look phenomenal. That's pink. It's very bright from over here. It's very bright. I wanted to get a tattoo when I was in Salem. And I was trying to get everyone else to do it with me, but then we didn't have enough time. A but group I, one? Yeah. I to commemorate would, the trip. Yeah, I thought it would be really cute to get a little witch's broom. No. In Salem. No. Why? Because you'd have a witch's broom on your arm. Oh, I love witch's brooms. You don't like witch's brooms? I like witch's brooms. I don't know that I would tattoo it on my body. I would. Well, is there anything you would tattoo on your I'm body? always trying to get tattoos and no one will let me get them. <laughs> witch's bro- Who was on board? I was trying to get an ice cream cone. This summer in Pittsburgh, because I love ice cream. Mm-hmm. Of a tattoo? Yeah. A tattoo of an ice cream cone? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> cute. So weird. Just like a little sketch of an ice cream cone. Okay. But what happened? Jeff was like, no. <laughs> I wanted him Who to do it with me. Who was on board for the witch's broom? Johnny. Yeah, I could see Johnny being on board. And Leah was like, I love that. And then no one else. No one else. So it sounds like you didn't try that hard. You had like floated the idea briefly and then no one was on board. So well, we only had 25 away. minutes left, so it just wasn't going to work. But I would have 100% gone into the tattoo shop and gotten it. You had 25 minutes left of it so being open? Interesting to me. Something, why is that interesting? I'm, you don't understand. Like, I'm impulsive. I will, like. Well, I get that. Do you have any? Two. Two. Little ones. And you don't have any. Mm-mm. You'll never do it. I, don't, I mean, I never say never to things, but it's not something. You need to have some sort of like. I could be impulsive. Or wager or no, where I the... could be impulsive. If we were somewhere when everyone was doing something, Oof. I would probably this, do it. This crack, fun. Let's this cracker barrel trip. <laughs> yes. I get a cracker barrel tattoo. <laughs> oh my God. See, let's do it. No. Mm. You just got to put it somewhere that isn't. Visible, yeah, all the time, yeah. Put on your fucking foot, no. Your side, no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna stop naming parts do of you your not, body. Yeah. Do you not like tattoos? No, I like tattoos on other people. Yeah. Do you like them on girls? Yeah, I do. I do like, too. I I like. I think they're cool. I like finger tattoos. Like I like tattoos. I love all Nadine's tattoos. I love all Nadine's love them. tattoos. I know. I was looking and I was like, I want to so fucking cute. like tattoo my fingers. Yeah, like, it fucking looks so cool. Yeah, she's got them like on her neck. Yeah, and no, her I fingers love and like. I would do like behind the ear right here or something, or like back here maybe, like something like well, it's that. It's hard for you because you act still. Yeah, you have to get. Listen, I yeah. do factor in like people who do have and they have to come in earlier because they have to cover that tattoos. I'm always like clocking and calculating. Hours. Yeah, I'm no like, face tattoos for you. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm just like, oh, you got extra time. That's true. I think about that. Yeah. It's something to think about. I mean, I'm an overthinker. I'm an overthinker and I'm an overshare. And you're indecisive. 
I'm indecisive. So, all all these, these things, things, maybe not a good recipe for tattoos. Right. What do you mean you're an oversharer? I'm really an oversharer. How do you figure? Like, I will say anything to anyone about myself personally. Mm, I don't really think yeah, that's don't. true. What's an um, example of you oversharing? What I've done in the past. Like, you start dating someone and I overshare so much about like other relationships or exes or what I've done or blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That I have learned, you know, within the last whatever decade or so, like you get older. Yeah. What? In the last two weeks. In the last last relationship. Last 10 minutes. (laughs) uh, That like, I think it's important not to bring in all your past shit into something new. I agree. Well, it's not a great look to bash a previous I'm not even partner. saying bashing partners, well, but that is true. And that is, I believe, a red flag when you're dating someone and off the bat, I they're bashing an ex. You're like, that's interesting. Like in time and you guys get close and they start to share things, of course. But like when they come out the gate and they're bashing an ex, I don't think that's a good look. I agree. Do you want to know about their ex relationships? So when I was younger, I was like obsessed with like knowing yeah. everything and feeding off of that and whatever. Was it a turn on? That's what it sounds like. I don't know if it was a turn on, but I was like obsessed with having to know. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, maybe I don't need that information. Oh, I don't want it. Yeah, you're all. an over you're an overthinker too. So maybe that information's not helpful. Right. Because then my mind will go to places there's does not need to be at all. And they're not even true because your mind will fuck with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually not interested, like straight up not interested. I feel like in the beginning of Jeff, though, you needed to know everything. No, I didn't. I wouldn't want to know a thing. But in the past, you would say you would have wanted to know. In the past? Before Jeff. No. I don't like to know. Mm. I think that it's like a protection mechanism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that like it would bother me if I was dating someone and they'd be like, oh, so-and-so used to, I'd be like, I right. I don't want to know. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know what kind of lip gloss she used to use. Like <laughs> that's a random fact. <laughs> but that's what like things like yeah. I don't want to know. Yeah. What about you? Um I used to not want to know, but I don't really care too much now. Well, yeah. 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 You married a long time, it's different. Yeah. Well, what do you do if they start telling you and you don't want to know? What would you do? listen or say like i'm not really it depends on what the information is i guess but i guess i would be like i would i would shush that's enough let's know i would just be like i don't want to hear that <laughs> i don't need to see that i don't need to see that but it is it shows growth and like maturity i think to be like i don't need this information and i don't want to share this information yeah you know yeah, it's not important no. anymore. Mm-mm. It has nothing to do. But I've been like thinking about it a lot lately, just like reflecting and being like, it's interesting Yeah, to not carry over, bring things in. I think it's important. Do you feel like it's been healthier for you in those relationships when you're not hanging on those things? Yeah, for sure. You can be present and it's just about like the two people and you're not bringing in this other random person into the mix because essentially that's what you're doing. Yeah. And I think it's a red flag. I've noticed that with people that come in hot with like how they talk about their ex. And, like and I'm just like, Mm-mm, yeah, that is not 
Right. That's not classy. It's not cute. And it's, I don't trust that you wouldn't do that mm -hmm. to my friend or, you know. So I'll keep you guys posted. In my Have future you endeavors. ever been called someone else's name? No. Have I, you? Yep. Sure have. Let's, let's walk us through that. <laughs> it's happened twice. It's happened twice? It's happened twice. It's happened three times. <gasps> it's happened three times. Oh, my God. Three different people, three different names. Was it someone, they just got your name wrong or? No, they were calling me ex. someone else's name. Yeah. An ex. During during sex? Not in a sexual way. One time it was a little sexual. Can you ex explain how? You know? Explain how it was a little sexual. I remember. Okay. So the first time it happened, the person was drunk and they were like talking about something and they called me their ex's name. And I remember being really upset and like not really having the confidence to like share that that really hurt me and upset me. And so I like kind of brushed it off and I was like, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen because he was drunk and I'm just going to keep going. The second time it happened, the person was drunk. <laughs> Different person. Yep. Same level of drunkness. And they called me someone's name and I don't know if it was an ex of theirs or just like a completely different name. Mm -hmm. The reason I say it was slightly sexual is because I think we were like making out and he called me a different name. And then I was like, does he was know? Was someone you've known for a while? Very or? long time. Okay. What? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the third was Jeff. <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> he called you his mom's name? No, no he called me his ex name. We were fighting and he got mad and called me his ex's name. Which how long into the relationship? Three months. Three into months. The relationship. Three months. Do you think it takes about three months to like have your first fight? Like, what do you think the time? You know what I mean. The timeline is like to show all true colors and whatever. Mm, we started fighting really early on. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah. But I think it was like, yeah, we fought early on. Like, had kind of a lot of tension early on. Mm. I remember we hadn't said I love you yet. Oh. And so when he got mad at me, like that was our first fight and it was before I love you. And he was like irritated or upset and he called me his ex's name. And I think through that, he then ended up being like, I love you. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I used to do it all the time, though. Because when something would bother me, say I love you. no, but like my ex-boyfriend I was with for so yeah. long, like so long. So whenever something bothered me, even if a dog was bothering me, I'd be like, stop it, Ollie. Mm -hmm. Like just because I was so used to saying programmed, that yeah. and programmed. So I did it on accident quite a few times. If someone would like tickle me or fuss with me, I'd be like, stop it, Ollie. You know, and then I'd be like, oh. You're not. I don't think I not. use people's names enough to do that. What do you mean? I'm not like calling Natalie by her first name often enough. Is it babe? No. I was just, what is it? I, you? We're just talking to one another. I don't need to. You don't. Have, how do you call? How do you, when call, you call her from her? the other room? I guess I'll say her name in that case. But I'll. Do you ever say like babe or any nicknamey? Nothing. No. Nat. No. Nat. Maybe. You say no. babe. All the time, babe. Yeah. Babe. Or sandwich. Right. Babe. 
Babe City sandwich. I know. But babe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I don't think I, I've never called anyone the wrong, the wrong name. name. No, unless I do like my pop pop thing where they go through every name they know until they get to yours. You, what? John, Rick, Mary, Jan, yeah. Jan Carol, until <laughs> they land on your name. Yeah. I do that sometimes. But that's not to a partner. <laughs> Maybe it could be. And no one's ever called you the wrong name. Mm-mm. You know why? Why? Because you historically haven't dated a bunch of drunk dudes. That's probably accurate. Yeah, that's the common denominator in most of your yeah. stories. <laughs> I think because I think when you were dating so much and when people should be dating so much, like let's say in their 20s, yeah. I was in a relationship all my 20s. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why. Yeah. They knew who you were. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> She's like, that's because they knew who I was. No, no one's ever forgotten mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it's true. You know, you date around and of course it's bound to happen, I guess. I mean, these were all people I was dating. I wasn't like, they re- they knew who I yeah, was. They weren't, they weren't like, they weren't like, like you're out and you're drinking day. and you're socializing and you're dating and multiple people. <laughs> <laughs> like lots of people. You know, uh, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> and what I'm saying is that. But you dated when you should have, like, you know. Sure. Dated a bunch of people. Oh, a lot of people. This. A lot. It wasn't a lot. It was a, a lot. It was a lot of people. My number's lower than all of our friends. I have the lowest number. What is it? Lower than yours. Well, hold well, on. Yeah. That's Just saying. Shut up. So maybe I dated around, but my number. That's not fair because. What's your number, Rob? You guys aren't saying that. I'm not saying that. He doesn't know it. <laughs> Do you know it? I can figure it out. Is it is a high number a turn on or a turn off for you both? In like a partner like that you're dating, like and they say, Oh, I've yeah. lost track at a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> like like it, would that deter you or is it attractive? I wouldn't say it's attractive to me. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> He's like, get that number up, baby. <laughs> yeah. Experience. You? No, I don't know. Is it unattractive well, if it's really or attractive? Low, at this day and age, you'd be like, That's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> What's low? Like if a dude is like. I don't know. This is going to sound so like judgmental. But if a dude's like in his 40s and he's like, I slept with like four women. But yeah. it all depends. Like, yeah, maybe it depends on their history. Just, maybe he's been in like decade relationships. Totally right. respectable. Yeah. But if he's single in his 40s and it's only four. And he's never been in the long term. That's an issue. No, I don't know. It's not fair for me to say either way. Uh, yeah. I don't know. A person no, a person. I'm not saying what's right or wrong. I'm saying what do you find attractive? Right. So it sounds I remember... like you want more than four. <laughs> <laughs> you hope that number. I mean, I guess the other question is, do you think it's different for women? Well, when... there's right. a definite like fucking double standard for yeah, sure. Yeah. And do you buy into the double standard? Like, What do you mean? Explain. Are you, you're fine with the guy's number being super high, but would you no. judge a w- woman if hers was? If Olivia said hers is 85, 
(laughs) (laughs) And a guy you meet at the bar that you're attracted to says his is 125. Do you feel the same way about those two? Yeah. Oh, I would. Okay. Sitting here. In the sitting, sitting here, here lying, sitting here on the camera. <laughs> lying to you, find people. I remember once I was dating a guy and I was like, well, how many women have you been with? And he was like, well, if I really think of it, I lost count in high school. Like when I ended high school, it was at 100. That's a lot for high school. That's fucking insane. And you know what's wrong what? with me? You liked it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. that's what i mean that, but, i liked it but, i'm not I, i'm being completely honest like there was something about that that i'm like hmm. right. where, where the number where... the number breaks through at some point and then you become impressed it's not that it's just like i remember when i first heard jeff's number i was like interesting and like i was more comforted by the height of it mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know why you didn't that expect is... it I didn't expect it to be as high as yeah, it was. I know. And I liked it. Yeah, I get that. Do you? Yeah. It just shows some kind of confidence thing or something. So it's something. something. I don't know some what kind it of is. Swagger, and then would you have that same feeling if your girlfriend had a high number? Well, I'm not attracted to women, so it wouldn't like do anything for me. But would you me. be like, good for her? Or would you be like, hmm? Um, I think now my opinion of it has shifted. I think to, if I'm being completely honest in the past, I probably been, would have been like, what's up with her? Like, mm-hmm. why is she sleeping around so much? But I do think that that's shifted for me. And I feel like the younger generation, a lot of younger women in my life has helped me shift that. Right, and yeah, now I mean, I'd changed. be like, great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I you. feel the same exact as you. That's why when you said, how do I feel? I was like, I feel the same. And I think it's it's how people hold it. (laughs) Like, are they doing it? Like, are they doing it because they like to do that? It's their choice and they want to do it. You're like, yeah, go for it. Or is it a destructive love addiction? Right. Like, where is it coming from? And I think that that is. I still would be like, well, it's their prerogative. Sure, sure. We're not shaming it, it, but there could be. There could be underlying issues. And I think that that's what's most important. But I do think it's unfair that if a guy's number is high, we don't look at that and be like, are there underlying issues? We're just like, yeah, he's got game, you know? Or or it's just assume there are underlying issues. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he probably is trying to do something. Right. By sleeping his way through everything. Mm. Of course. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I didn't, when I was young, I didn't compute it that way. Mm-hmm. I didn't think like, oh, he must have issues. I thought like he's got game. And you think game. you think that's more cultural evolution has changed versus you just being older and wiser about it? Oh, no, I think cultural evolution has changed 100%. Yeah. And I do think I've learned so much from like young women in my life teaching me those things because mm. I used to view it different. I used to think like women should be hard to get and... Yeah. You know, I don't think that anymore. I think that women should be Feel this, just as empowered. To yeah, be the sexual it. beings that they are and however they want to conduct their life is groovy. But I do think that men look at women differently than women look at men. I still think that that's there. Yeah. You know? I, like, I still think there's stigma there of someone being used or 
Mm. You know? Because they don't realize that women actually like it. Do you think it's weird, like, dating in your 40s to, like, even ask someone's number? It does seem a little bit juvenile. Juvenile. Oh, but I'd be so curious. I just would want to roundabout. Yeah, round I feel like you're doing it. Just give it. me a roundabout. You're doing it because you're just curious and want to know these things. Yeah, like, I don't know that I would ask anymore. Have you asked people? In the past, of course. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. In the past, yeah, for sure. I don't know where I'm sitting today that I would date someone and ask their number. But would you be curious? Or would you think you could, like... You, you could look at them and eyeball it. Or you're at a point now where it's not relevant. It's not relevant. But I'm sure if I wound up like really like dating someone, at some point I'd be like, mm, do you have any idea how many? <laughs> uh, so maybe, you know, but it's not like younger. It's like one of the first, first date few question. dates. Like how many people have you slept? You oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're young. Different. Is that like an STD driven question? Not where it was coming from, no. That's always a question, though. Like, when you're, at least when I was Handle, younger, yeah, like, like have you ever STD, had anything? Yeah, da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's part of, like, screening process. Yeah, screening process. Well, exactly. I was just wondering yeah. if that not being a question anymore was is driven by STDs being less prominent or were more of a thing back then. I think when you're younger, you're just more scared or something. STD? I don't know. I, well, STDs were scarier when we were younger. I mean, are you kidding? Like, they've come up with cures. Like, mm-hmm. people can live right. with things they couldn't live right, with when we were course. young. Yes. So, it's a different, totally. Yeah, it's a different ball game for sure. But unfortunately, it doesn't have anything to do with your amount of partners. No. Because mm-hmm. like you, you can sleep, sleep with, with one like person, one and, get person and get something. Or you can sleep with a hundred and yeah, none. Exactly. Okay. Here's a question. Okay. Did you bring lingerie on your weekend away with your husband to Maine? And did you wear it? Because we talked about this. What? You guys <laughs> won't talk about anything. And then you want to talk about me and my lingerie. <laughs> did you bring? I'll talk to you later. Well, I just thought you might be willing to talk about it. <laughs> no. How do you feel about? Nope, you won't talk about it either. What? I don't know. Like, I, I'm always curious, like, if guys appreciate that. I appreciate it. Okay. Lingerie? Mm-hmm. I feel you like do. the majority do, in my experience. Wouldn't you say? Uh, I mean, I think that you know, who's not going to, like, appreciate it? You know what I mean? But like, I think it it's might more not make a difference to some people. I think it's more important to other people. Yeah. I mean, to some people it's than others. the most others. important thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> No, but no. is it something that you would go pick out and like buy for Natalie or do you like it if it's a surprise like she surprises you uh, that part doesn't really matter to me okay if it's a surprise or not or... right but is it something you would do something I would do because she doesn't right like but she's down but she just she's won't down, get but it it's not yeah. like she can go buy something and right. do it so it's like alright here's a easy gift idea got it for me for valentine's day yeah yeah right like if jeff bought you lingerie for valentine's day that'd be sweet you would he's like done that, that before yeah yeah because it's like a gift for them 
Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think that's a sweet gift. I think it's a gift for me because I like it. Like, I do too. It, you know? Yeah. But I think there's certain people that would be like, oh no, I would, I would think that that was really sweet. And yeah. it's like a way to connect to. Yeah. And true. it's like, here's what I like. It's nice. Yeah. It's a nicety. It's a nicety. Okay. Should we wrap it up? That's what she said. Oh, my God. Okay. Love you guys. (laughs) See ya. Bye.